What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I am one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Greg, welcome back. Hey, thank you for having me back. Give me one of these. Hello. Give me one of these. Oh, crap. How are you controlling my arm so efficiently? I'm powerless right now. I can't move it. My whole body's paralyzed. You coward. Over here, the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Go Islanders. Go Islanders, indeed. And over here, the pure one, Tim Geddes. Glad to most. How are you, gentlemen? Good. Good well, to see you really again. good. Thank you. Yeah. Now, see, it's one of the. Now we had to fake it because uh-huh. right now Kevin is over there editing the Patreon exclusive episode mm-hmm. that we did right before this over at Patreon.com. Mm-hmm. It was a good episode. Funny. It was revealing really our biggest secrets. Yeah, that's true. That's not even. That's not even BS. Sexual fetishes, addictions. Let's just say the bulldog runs deep. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah. So we did that, but that was like our first time back at the table. I had been gone. I've been in Mexico. But now for the for the the uninitiated Patreon people, if they don't do that, they didn't listen to that. Then this seems like it's our first time together. Yeah. So here we are back together. It's beautiful. Again. This is the first day one. It's day one. Zero day. Day zero. Day zero. Colin leaves and T-minus minus three days. Not so even. we got three days together. Yeah, one I'm, more day. Then I'm out. Then you're out to Iceland. I like trout. You going to have fun in Iceland? You, see you are first in Iceland. Yeah. It's going to be good. I'm excited to go. It's Iceland. a random place. Is that the one that's green? Green. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's cold, but it's really weird. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. I know. They really got to switch. They really got to switch. Like, how do we Vikings. make that happen, Colin? I don't know. As far as I understand, maybe it's just a rumor. I don't, I'm not totally up on Nordic history at all, but I think that Greenland is a relic of them calling the country that or the land that to get people to go there. Yeah. That's what you've... I think you've said that before. Yeah. I learned... Yeah, those things. are some I, fucked up... Those Viking motherfuckers. Because, you know, they, they were colonial, you know? Because hey. they also were in Newfoundland and other parts of Canada, so mm-hmm. they were all up in that. that all Arctic up in that Arctic. Then you get out all up in that Arctic. And you could still see Arc- the remnants of the... Uh, the Vikings landed in the New World uh, 400 and some odd, 450 years before Columbus. What are the remnants of it? You're saying we could They're see in Newfoundland. There's a bunch of the helmets with the horns. There, there's there's uh, there's foundations of houses in Newfoundland. I can't... Low... Lo- Meadow something I, it's there's some it's some French name but um, it's on the coast and there's like houses like remnants of a Viking colony that's crazy from, uh, that's cool from one thousand from year one oh wow wow suck it Columbus and, and of Amerigo course Vespucci. maybe the Chinese came here as well and the Romans might have been here and stuff like that a long time ago so but we don't want to give any of them no credit. no no, no. no. Columbus Day is still a thing in New York and isn't York. it everywhere mm-hmm. it's a thing though like it's oh a, it's like there's even a there's even a Sopranos episode from back in the day making fun of it a little bit because. It's like a very serious thing in the Italian, like you know, people that don't know, like Columbus was an Italian, but he was. Is that when they did the Italian this, fair? Um, like the Italian street fair is that the same time as Columbus Day, or is that different? presumably? I, I don't, okay. I don't, I don't know anything about that. All I know is that we'd have that entire day off from school. Everyone would be off from work that day, and it's like a totally different world when you like it's just a day. Interesting, here, you know. But it's in New just York, a day off. Yeah, in New York, it's like a day, like it's not even a day off for a lot of people in, in the on the West Coast. All right, that, like between between off. the Jew, we did, but a lot of people don't between and in schools and stuff. But between the Jewish holidays in October and Columbus Day, October was like the best in New York because you get like Yom Kippur, I think, and a bunch of other shows. Oh, that's like, right. Like, like, like yeah, you guys, we get do your, all the Jewish holidays. Yeah, right? all of them. Yeah. It's a serious, like, you know, we have a big Jewish Real population shit. on Long Island. So, um, so like October was awesome. You go back in September, and then in October you just have like half the month off. Then November you have Thanksgiving, and then Christmas. December you have Christmas, and then February, March, or February and April you have. So a week did you off stay in, or were you like awesome. later? Were you in school like to July? We stayed until like mid June. Was when uh, school was not much different than it's not much normal. different. Yeah. Yeah. And we'd start like right after Labor Day. All right. Yeah. Anyway, no. it's been a good episode. 
Well, if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Greggy show each and every week. Four, sometimes five, best friends gather around this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get everything early over at patreon.com slash kindoffunny. But if you don't want to give us any money, no big deal. The show posts topic by topic, day by day, over on youtube.com slash kindoffunny. Before we put up the entire show each and every Friday on YouTube and iTunes and podcast services around the globe. Mm-hmm. We oh. didn't talk. I didn't check the document before. Is there any any sponsorships we need to talk about this episode? I don't think this nope. week. No. Oh, perfect. All right, great. We're starting to get sponsorships. That's that's exciting though. It that's is. fun. Thank you so much. Yes, yeah, strange very world out there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. All because I mean, your support. All because your support. It's awesome. And so yeah, so hopefully you'll have to uh, you'll get to hear us kind of do that that rigmarole, which would be fun coming up. Well, we've we are. We've done it a few, a few times. Yeah, yeah. We do the shoutouts. I think it'll be more regular now. Is what you're saying? We're hoping so. We're hoping. We love being regular. Yeah. We know. We know. Nick loves being regular around eleven thirty, twelve every day in my fucking bathroom. I took my shirt off today. I no, you, I, yeah, you tweeted about the Costanza thing. You didn't really take your shirt off in there. I did. I walked in. You and got I was a like, overheated. No, I like the freedom. I like the feeling of like the the light breeze mm. on on my really? chest and my nipples while I, I, I while can't I do poop naked. Really? What? That's the I, best. It's man. weird. I feel. It's very like swimming naked. I feel too. I've never swam naked. I think that's like the most vulnerable I'll ever feel. Really? Naked, sitting on a toilet, trying to just drop a diamond. So like, hold on. I understand maybe like you live with people trying to drop a you're, diamond. You work in you work in our house and do this. Thing. What about like you're, you get sent somewhere? You're on, you get your when we went to uh, Pax. You yeah. have your own room. Yeah. You get fully. What if you work? That, that I mean that scenario happened. I was naked, and uh, I was comfortable being naked in the room. Mm-hmm. But then when I went to poop, you did, did not put, your put on back clothes. On? You did not put I on did. clothes and take <laughs> a poop. <laughs> That's bizarre because yeah, when I when really I when bizarre. I'm here's what happens when I'm in a hotel room. All bets are off. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like the the when I was in, when we were in Boston, jerk off the, using the sheets. Yeah, whatever you want, whatever you want, you can do. Just do whatever you want. Full of sheets. You and start could, humping it like because dogs here's because like. here's the thing. Thank about God the hotel this room. episode isn't sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the thing about this hotel room situation is that you damn well know that no matter how heinous you're doing, being, oh someone else, someone was yeah. fucking ten times more heinous than it wasn't yeah. even that long ago. No. So Late night before probably yeah. maybe that morning. So I mean, I'm not doing anything crazy in there, but I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna get naked. I'm gonna walk around. I'm gonna take four uh, like sometimes i just get crazy like where like i'm in i know i'm in for the night like six or seven after dinner and i'll just take like four different baths between like seven and two i'm just, like, I'm just gonna take a bath now and i'll just take a bath and i'll get out and then i'll lay in bed and like you know be on the internet and I'm, like, i kind of want to take i don't a know shower. if i ever take a bath oh i take i love baths no, i like baths but i don't know about hotel baths oh hotel baths are best because you know what say what you will we were in a very nice hotel we were with and, and, and yeah. you, of course you have to you have to gauge it by the nicest of the hotel. That bathroom is probably way cleaner than I've ever been. Like than a bathroom I've it's ever been. Probably cleaner than your bathroom. Scrub, I actually, and I yeah. do scrub my bathroom. I'm, I'm pretty crazy about it. But uh, and Cheryl is too. But that bathroom is pristine. I'm yeah. not really super worried about taking a bath in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, bleach solves all problems. They're gonna they're bleaching that thing because they can't. You have to understand at the Fairmont they can't afford any sort of like they're not trying to get sued at all. Yeah. So you better believe they're getting people in are there. suing over the bathtubs. Dude, if you yeah. went, or like, they see a lot of like, bed herps, bugs and shit like that. You're not getting the herp from a bathtub. Hey. Now, Is I that say, a dare, Greg Miller? I say all that, and I will tell you that I don't take baths because baths gross me out. Like, I don't like touching shower bathtubs. I don't You don't know. like being in your own bath water for an hour? That That isn't even you it. Take, it's, you don't take baths here even? No. Christine does it all the time, and I'll, I'm just like, oh, no, I know no thank you. I know what happens in that shower. Yeah. The drain. What happens in it? in there, walking around in all four paws. I'm in there. You on pee my, in the shower? Feet. Me? Yeah. No, we talked about this before. I, you do, and you like oh, make a yeah. point to. Oh yeah. I've done it a few times since then. It's just not my thing. 
It has its place. It's rare. I don't think you have to do it every day. See, it's one of those where I have to be thinking about it. Like, if I'm going to take the pee, then I'm like, wait, I'm getting in the shower. Colin made this thing. Dot, dot, I'll try that out today. Mm. And I did. I was like, right. you guys pee in the shower? Did we talk about this? We did. We've, yeah, We've talked about this before. Yeah. Not as like a topic. Yeah. It's we, definitely not something that I'm like. I don't make a, I don't make I don't a, make a point to it. And I'm, I'm always weird about it. It's never just like a free-flowing <laughs> pee. Like I'm all, I'm very controlled with it. Oh no, I don't do the free. But I, I don't, I don't like to say that I make a, spinning around. I don't like to say that I make a point of it. It's not like oh, I have to pee. I should take a shower now. <laughs> sure. But if I'm about to take a shower and then you get naked, you get a little cold, you gotta pee. Well, I'm gonna do. I mean, say we're gonna, I'm gonna flush this water down. It's the, all. I always nice. go. I go to the bathroom before I get into the shower every single time. Right. You gotta empty as much of that out as possible. Really. But sometimes yeah, when the warm it. water hits you. Mm. You know, it's like yeah. that old, the old, the old like wives' tale. I don't know if it's true or not, but you put your, you know, you sl- at spend night parties, sleepover parties, you put your friend's hand in a oh, glass of warm water, and they just pee. There's something about that, maybe. I don't know. It hits yeah. me. It hits point. my, hits my, my torso. Are you letting the water touch your hand? I, I, I try to keep my hands dry the That's whole time. That's probably what's doing if your hands are getting wet. Very yeah, odd. It's, it's very odd because I have to ask my wife to Babe, scrub come me in, down. <laughs> Delousing power right on you. See, I'm just not okay with it when it's you're in one of like the standing showers where or. When it's just a shower, not a bathtub. Because bathtubs... For peeing? Yeah. Bathtubs are designed in such a way that, like, the water is oh, almost water consistently too. going down. Sure, sure, Whereas sure. when it's just the thing, you're always standing in, like, a, a little bit of you're a You're standing in your own pee. Bit. No, your pee's hitting your feet. Yeah. It's happening. It's just like... Pee's sterile, doesn't But matter. it's sterile. Yeah, I'm okay with it, but... Uh, they just, say if you get stung by a jellyfish, you have to have Greg Beller piss on your face. It's true. I had I to do it so many times had, in Mexico. I didn't have to do it. What's that? But Someone I met had to pee on their own hand because they got stung by a jellyfish. I don't remember where that story came from. That does work. Uh, according to friends, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's not that I have a huge problem with it. I was. It's funny. I, I it's just on my mind because a week or so ago, uh, old goaltender of the Islanders, Rick DiPietro, was talking about how he used to pee in the shower in the locker room, mm. and no one ever said anything to him. And then they had like a, a wily old veteran that they traded for, Bill Guerin, who doesn't play anymore. And Bill Guerin like was taking a shower one day and was like, "What do you like?" And DiPietro after the game was just in there just peeing. Like oh, he was saw him? Yeah, I and would Bill, never and, pee and in front of like, And Bill Guerin's like, "What are you doing?" And Rick Pedro was like, ah, I'm just, you know, doing my thing or whatever. He's like, yeah, we don't do that. And that was like his, like one of his first days on the That's team it. or whatever. Yeah. Did he stop doing yeah, it? Yeah, he stopped doing That's it. That's awesome. We don't do that. I fucking I, love that. What was it? Uh, oh, God. I was listening to another podcast where they were talking about like that, that, the, the knitting circle of guys. There are guys and the, and the importance of friends and having guy friends that they keep you in check and how like – they tell you what not to do anymore from a young yeah. age, and that that's very important. He was that talking really is specifically about like uh, he related a story like about into a Dixie cup. No, just bringing bringing yeah. Well, and then no human behind being you. would think <laughs> to do that. I think let's not go into that too much. Yeah, we're not going to we'll go too far. That. What were they saying? No, the I think I think it was uh, I think it was Joe Rogan. I listened to a lot of Joe Rogan Experience, which is a phenomenal <laughs> podcast, um, and he was talking about how uh, he was one, or one of his guests was talking about how excited they were to bring their their uh, that uh, Hulk lunch pail. And it was from like, you know, from sixth grade to like seventh grade going oh. to junior high. And they brought it the first day of junior high. And their friends are like, what are you doing? What is that? And he's like, oh, this is not, we're not doing this anymore. No problem. I'm not going to, you good. know, that's well, done. I, that was a joke. That's out. I don't uh-huh. really like this. Don't you guys yeah. like, don't you guys like Yeah. And that's how, that's how we, but that, and that's the funny thing. Like growing up, I was never in sports. So like showering around other guys was not a thing. Not, not a thing that I would do. I had to do it one time during a band. We were on a, a band field trip. And all of us were in, uh, I think, Fair- and the conductor called all the boys into his room. He's like, let's take a shower. But let me see your flute, little like, did you, did you shout? <laughs> wow. Somewhere there's pictures of my 16-year-old penis floating on the internet. Did you shower around the guys in hockey? Um... I didn't shower, but we I would be naked in front of them, yeah. Yeah, see, that was I, so I to, foreign to Context me. necessary. <laughs> uh, well, no, because I used to... I, I've told this story before, but, like, in hockey... Um, it's not terribly uncommon for people to play with very little under their equipment. Uh, yeah. And I used to just play butt naked. 
under Mike Williams. Yeah. Um, because I was a goalie. It was a very arduous position, a lot of up and down, and like you just sweat and be gross. So your solution was either to wear a t-shirt and underwear, especially your underwear. Like I wore underwear. I, just, I didn't start doing this until high school, but like in ninth grade or whatever, when I was like, you know, freshman goalie, whatever, I would, you could, I could like take my underwear off and just like wring it. That's gross. You know? So I was like, what is the point? Of even wearing this stuff. Well, and then by 10th grade, I was basically just playing naked. I would just certain... put my cup on over my, my junk and then just be totally in naked. And then what would you do with the cup? You just, just spray out the cup with some Lysol and you go go about your business? Uh, hockey smells a very specific way. It's not very good. Um, so, it, like, hockey and ho- I mean, people out there that play hockey will know exactly. Like, it is yeah, a cause... smell. It is a ve- it is not like BO or anything. It's just a specific not pleasant smell. But, it's, and it's because fungus. Because uh, I would take my stuff and then just spread it out in, like... In front, my I have like a fireplace and like mm-hmm. a, a Vermont burning stove in my house. So I'm sure um, your parents love this. So I would just take my shit out and just put it like out, like my blocker and my glove, my chest protector, my pants, my like just to dry it off. Yeah, my skates and stuff. That's and so then, gross. And my so- socks and hockey socks are the ones that they wear. You wear over your legs, um, not like your. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't actually go in and clean your pads. No. In fact, that's bad luck. The the um, uh, if you uh, watch <laughs> hockey, very, never playing hockey. Watch hockey very carefully. Uh, goalies are um, I was a goalie and goalies are, are very superstitious and fucking crazy people like they are and I, and I was no like no exception I wouldn't touch the blue line when I would skate for instance like weird shit like that so like I would hop over them um, so like there's just like weird things that people would do um, and one of the weird things that a lot of goalies don't like to do and I and I don't like to do it either if you watch a game well next time hockey's always on on TV yeah look at the goalies and okay. look at their equipment okay and you'll see Puck, what, what are called puck marks all over their equipment and that stuff will come off if you just like scrub it but goalies don't do that it makes their equipment look worn and they're free and a lot of people are superstitious so they don't do that stuff so your equipment gets like really ratty and worn down and we were talking a while ago about artist urbe who's my favorite goalie of all time who wore the same equipment for literally like 18 years does it fall and apart after like, some point? I, I gotta find this picture and maybe we'll put it in the in the uh, in the like this like if kevin if likes you, this job he'll put the photo in if you watch the Kevin's evolution like of artist urbe from when he was a rookie on the sharks all the way to when he was on the hurricane so he started in like 92 and mm-hmm. he played until like 2007 and he was wearing the same shit the entire time and the equipment i gotta i gotta show you guys because it's so fucking funny dude was he like related? he looked like I, I said he looked like a fucking homeless man by the time he was done um, playing the game because he was like he took it to the next level there, there was a story about how he would wear the same helmet this Yofa Yofa is like a, a, a brand he would wear the same helmet and the cage would come off and get all fucking ratted out and they stopped making that helmet in like the early 90s he was a Soviet era like Latvian player mm-hmm. and so he started putting ads in various newspapers in like Toronto and other places to like see if anyone had the cage he needed for his helmet because they could, he could just not find anymore because he was yeah. so superstitious that he wouldn't get a real helmet that's crazy Um, so and he was like my favorite. He's a goalie coach in the NHL now. He's See, I, I, all right. So, wait, so here's him. So here's him when he's when he's young. These, mm-hmm. these, all right. So this is him when he was on the Sharks. He's probably like 21, 22 okay. there. Okay, that's him. Show it to Kev real quick so he's a reference for what he's looking Art, for. Artis Urbe on the Sharks. Thanks, Kev. We love you. Kind of white equipment, right? Make and sure then you. here is Artis Urbe when he was on the Hurricanes. Um, ten years later, yellow. yellow. All, like so, look at his blockers. Wow, They're just totally wow, black. that's crazy. So like, yeah, you can just see like. Well, I imagine there's also probably you know it's probably like a, a a baseball player with his glove, right? Where it's so worn in, right, the way you want it, and you're used to that sort of tactile feel and how it responds when you're when your hands inside of it. That I imagine you don't really want to be shifting around too much. Probably similar to shoes, right? Like I I would imagine you want to wear the same cleat when you, if you're a runner. Jesus. Yeah, like all look at his equipment. That's nuts. He looks like a hobo. Yeah, like just like a whole, because he was just. Crazy I can't do it. In, it's like me and my like, mouse. He used to take like his my mouse. He used to apparently take his pads and run them over with his truck to like make sure that they were like worn, worn in enough properly. And stuff uh-huh. like 
I what the fuck? I'm wait I'm 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 way too uh, uh worried about dying tire tracks. It's not even dying. It's it's more like for like the two months that I did jujitsu. Um, they there's in, in that community because what you're basically doing is you're sweating a lot and you're rolling around with each other and there's it's very very easy for especially if you're doing no gi jujitsu where you're just basically in shorts and, a, and a, like an Under Armour shirt. Um, it's very easy for bacteria to pass back and forth and oftentimes ringworm. you get ringworm. And when it's really bad, if it's not ringworm, it's staff. And staff is really, really bad. And so that's that's a really in, in the in that grappling community. Like that's those are the things you have to watch out for. The grappling um, community, similar to similar to the climbing community. Gotcha. Um, Which is a real the, thing. I'm also in the yoga community, as well. Oh, um, the yoga community. That's it. That's a that's, very sexy community. Is there a lot of crossover between these communities? Uh, not that I've noticed, and I've I've scrutinized many a body in both. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. Um, and I remember Mark Ryan got staff one time. I think did he? Because from jujitsu, yeah, he was oh. doing jujitsu, and he was like, "I had this thing, and it looked like a spider bite." And then after a while, you have to, and you have to get that, like that's very dangerous. Yeah. You have to get it dug out. They have to like dig a hole wherever Jesus. that is and just carve all of the the flesh out of it because it's a it's a bacteria that eats away at you. Yeah, if it's well, okay. Fuck sports. Just no. Yeah, it's hard. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that does not sound fun. There's a difference between sports and activities, right? Jujitsu, I would say, is a sport. Hockey, sport. Yoga and climbing. I don't know if those are. You can make oh shit! You're pissing off your you own community. Oh no no no! Oh, no, 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 that rattling right there! I can I see can it hear in the them. comments. The climbing community does not get angry. Yeah, they're up okay. here. They get high. Because you're guys, listen. When when you're that high up in the air, when you're 16 feet in the air, you're above it all. It's okay, true. mentally and physically, you're above it all. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so someone could yell insult at you, and you know what? You can't hear them. You can't hear them physically. You're and, 16 and, feet up. You're 16, 17 feet up in the air. They Aunts might, and uncles might, down there. No, it's not. You know, you just—they don't matter. Nothing matters. You're just the next handhold. That's it. And your next partner grip. on the the strap. Before we uh, before we move on, we haven't even talked about a topic yet. Uh, <laughs> Happens here once in a while. Kevin, I'll send you this <laughs> picture too, that, because I think you guys will appreciate this the most. I used to write things on the bottom of my skates, um, and I took a picture of one of them. So Kirk McLean, who was the goalie of the Canucks in the early '90s, used to write weird on the bottom of his skates, and this was and on the, on the when there was a they started putting. They do it all the time now, but a camera in the net so you can see from the goalie's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a picture when I was home last time of my old skates, and I wrote weird on the bottom. So you could just see. So did you just see how how totally bizarre? And then I and I took that from him when I was. This these are my skates from maybe ninety uh, five, and I so I just always wore. And then I started wearing black skates later, and I wore I wrote weird on and white out on the bottom of those skates. So is it just mm-hmm. that you picked like you mm-hmm. see a goalie you like mm-hmm. who's successful, mm-hmm. and you you're like, oh, I'll do that too, and yeah, that just basically. becomes your superstition <laughs> yeah. as well. Interesting. That's yeah. fascinating. So yeah, and I, just, weird. I used to just write weird on the bottom of my skates. And mm. this is my, my first pair of many that I, I did it on. But And white skates are typically worn by goalies, but I started wearing black skates later because I was just... Because you're a badass. Mm-hmm. But, well, I like these because you can see the puck marks on them. Like mm. all the times oh. I saved it with my skate, you can see All the times it, it dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Dropping the puck. Dropping the puck. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You're worried about time? I think that... Want to make this a topic? Because sure. we're at 20 minutes already. Okay. We talk a little, a little bit longer about our, our random... Hotel experiences. Uh, is that where this came from anymore? I don't even know. I'm pretty sure it. the topic of this one's going to be peeing in the shower. That's what's going to be. Peeing in the shower. I can put, yeah, let's put the headline I will, the I will say you are a different person in the hotel room. Like when we were at PAX, oh, yeah. I never, I, I very seldom do this, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to raid the mini bar. And I ate Pringles and a Twix bar. How much and did then, that cost? Oh, it was like $17. Yeah, okay. Expensive. What's free in a hotel? Because I never, no, I don't touch faucet. anything. Yeah, Nothing. yeah. I mean, I mean like it, it, cost me it like depends $7. where you go. Sometimes you'll go and they'll have the bottles of water. They say, "Hey, this is free," and then other times they'll say eight dollars. 
And then you go to a fancy place and they will say your mini bar is included. But that's only happened like once to me at a fancy ass room. Man, that's just place. crazy. God, if they included the mini bar, I would never leave the hotel. No, yeah. I'd eat dinner there. And <laughs> I barely left it dinner. anyway. Yeah. I would just bring five guys back and sit and watch hockey and naked. Oh, yeah. In the bathtub. Yeah. I also totally naked. wear a robe in hotels. Do you do I that? never wear I a robe. Don't. I don't do that because I don't trust it. Mm, has it been washed? So the, so the robe is what... The robe is a bridge too far. You'll bathe in their, because I feel their like, waters. Yeah, I feel like, the, I feel like the, the, the scrubbing of the bathtub is a thing that must be paramount, right? I'm sure that like they're, the laundry's that they're pretty... Too, though. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, if you get a robe on the back of your door, it's clean. It's come out of the laundry. There's no way that they're accidentally leaving that on the but back of the This is the whole thing with like the comforter. When was the last time I washed the comforter? Well, the comforter's different. You Tear can't, you have to dry off, clean put the comforter. The you can't, you can't My, wash that. The fucking fancy ass like throw pillows, throw it on the ground. I hate it when uh, I forget to put up the thing and the maid comes back and puts it back on the bed. Like, get that shit away from me. That's why I wrap the, the remote control, wrap it in a tissue. Not touching that thing. If you got to pick up the phone receiver, that's wrap a it little, in a tissue. You're a little crazy. Those are like the grossest things. That's in like that's like Ryan Clement. But no, level. here's the thing about it: is like that's such a well-known gross thing. I've also been to two hotels in my hotel travels that have disposable remote controls for the TV. When you're done, just throw it away, because like they know that that shit doesn't get clean and is that's fucking filthy. Yeah, what staying? the fuck? I travel <laughs> that's a lot. Insane. I know, but what kind of hotels are you staying? I knew that Greg. Those had are ones t- that people put me up at. I knew that Greg had too much money when we were at Pax East, and he had the. Uh, uh, the Voss water and I'm like oh, where'd yeah. you get that and you're like the whole time you took that that's like an $8 bottle of water well then I kept refilling it though <laughs> and I used it as a prop in my uh, Paxomania thing uh, so I'm like this is one Greg this is a bridge too far so me. speaking of, of gross hotel stories you you said the words gross hotel and that very quickly reminded me of something mm-hmm. do you guys remember you, this might not have been your generation's thing because it shouldn't have been anyone's generation thing when there was like a quick stint on the internet of people uploading videos of them jerking off in hotel rooms and having the the maid come the in. Maid come in still happens. No. Is that still a thing? That still was a thing. thing? That a was like I, that was very much still. A thing. Wait, 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 so wait, wait, wait. To, to explain this to me more. So, so <laughs> they're so they're jerking off, and then they have the maid come in while they're jerking. No, off? they'll they'll, yeah. they'll they'll sit there and they'll wait for the inevitable. Housekeeping. Yeah, and, and the guys start, and they just won't say anything, and yeah. she'll walk in and she'll go, "Oh, it was meal." Yeah, exactly. That's like that's. <laughs> I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. I didn't, I didn't hear you coming in. Yeah, and you're like, dude, it's disgusting. Well, it's like I, it's I a remember, fetish. Fucking. Ridiculous. I remember it got really like it that's blew why up because somebody like one of the the maids like got in on the action, and then there was just video what? footage of it. Yeah. And then it like turned into What do you mean huge... by that? What is she doing? I mean, they ended up explaining it to me. No. Yeah, yeah. She didn't just come in and start. I don't know. I'm confused. I like what did she, she, did she they come banged. in? Okay. But I would like the idea better if he was like, oh, just go ahead and go about your business. Oh. And he was sitting in the chair and it's like, <laughs> and she's like changing the sheets. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. There's the guy, the guys just like, no, it's okay. Yeah, yeah, just come in. Just come in. Just come in. It's just like, and they're like, no, I'm not coming in and watching. Yeah, this. that's kind of. And so like these are hidden camera up, things. Actually. I mean, it's, it is it's very fucked up. As soon as you think about it, for once, it's like that's sexual harassment. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, sexual. Really, that's that's probably wrong. sexual assault. Yeah, if you think wrong. about it. Yeah, but I mean, hey, but it, gave, it gave Nick a quick chuckle, didn't it? I, you know, that's actually one of those where I'm like, I don't get this. The, yeah. the, the, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not begrudging anyone if that's if that's your thing. You want to watch that or even. Don't attempt it. Don't do it. It's illegal. There's a, but there, if you want to watch like other people do that shit, out there already. cool. It just there are there are quite a few sexual fetishes that you know I look at and I'm like, I just, that's no, I don't, not I don't my it. thing. Not my thing. And yeah, it shouldn't be thing. anyone's thing. Like that. Nah, I mean, I'm not going to be grudging. Most, by the way, I assume that even if it's a quote unquote hidden camera video, that it's, it's fake. fake and that the person is a consenting. You know, uh, see, I don't, I don't think so because on some of them you can tell it's not. 
Yeah, like, I mean, on, I, I think... Like, when the girl's like, oh, what's up? Yeah, and she's smoking hot, you're like, no, this is totally fake. Well, it's one this of those situations not. where I think the first ones were fake, but then everyone else was like, I'm going to do this, too, because I have a fucking shitty camera that I bought at Best Buy. Yeah. And then... Fucking Best Buy. Yeah. It's yeah. really Best Buy's fault. It really is. If you think about it, everything bad in the world is Best Buy's fault. Everything. <laughs> world War Two. Best Buy. I never made that connection. Those damn blue shirts. Think about it. Think about it. I'm thinking about. Think it. about it. I don't know how I can, I'm trying to draw a parallel right now. It's blanking. Hotels about. are great. Uh huh. You go there. You can do it. Yeah, I I sleep naked in hotels usually. I don't do that on a daily basis here. So you won't touch the comforter, but you'll sleep naked in the you, bed. You have those start sheets. I already tossed the comforter off the bed by okay. this point. Then so you, you have the you start sheets. Your... No, I don't want that shit touching me. I have to. I get too cold. Too I have weird. to sleep That's like hotel. I don't sleep well in hotels. My wife, my wife, on the other hand, that is her favorite place to be. Oh, me I have too. this image of my wife from the very first time we used to, we started traveling together specifically um well i guess not specifically but our honeymoon specifically was when uh, i i remember seeing her for the first time going this is my wife's nirvana we were in a really nice hotel and she's just sitting there with the comforter sort of perfectly placed a magazine in front of her and room service on the way and that is just her bliss and like just either just having come back from a massage spa appointment or waiting for the massage spa appointment to happen. Or in between, too. Or in between, whatever. You yeah. Know? And that's – she loves that. That is where she could go, like, in her brain to escape, mm-hmm. like, the, the daily stresses. And I'm like, this – I get that. Like, for me, uh, hotels usually denote really Work. hard travel. Yeah. Like, PAX was great. That hotel room was great. Made ever so better by the fact that we had to travel for six hours. It was really cold. We had stuff we had to do. We had obligations. But for the most part, it was super fun up until that point. But with IGN, when we used to travel, it'd be like, five pieces of gear. Who's going to check this in? How's this going to go? Shit, is that broken? Carnet. Away. Yeah, we have a Carnet form we have oh. to get to it. No one knows how to use and Someone does That's a stamp the it. the wrong thing. What's Carnet? It's Carnet a, is the international, like, you have to fill out, when you're traveling with a lot of electronics or a lot of equipment of any kind, you have mm-hmm. to fill out this thing called Carnet, which is like, this is the equipment we have. We're not buying it here and, and not paying taxes and then selling it in another country, basically. Right. So you have to like fill out all it's these things. Except all like for serial numbers of each camera, of each memory card. But it's each, not even it's horrible. It, it's not even that. It is. It, I mean, that sucks. But but and on all the international trips I was on, we never knew exactly what to do because who, you don't know who to talk to. That we would literally in Germany or Japan or somewhere like go to the airport like five hours early. Yeah. And I saw Mike Aransky break down not once but twice in Japan alone <laughs> over Carnet two different years. The same thing. He was like looking at me, being like, "The same things happen." Like last time I was in train, like the same thing is happening to us that happened mm-hmm. last time. <laughs> Where like they'll like be like, "You got to go there. You got to go here." They have no idea what you're talking about. You go. Up, it's like, and and I'm just sitting there like already in the t- terminal, like eating McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's, because it's di- you're it's, such a help. It's different in every airport, and in some airports they don't use it, and so that is a huge problem. Because you'll go like I think I took equipment to Mexico, and they're like, "We don't care. Go." And I'm like, no, I need you guys to stamp this because I'm gonna bring it back into the United States. They're gonna see it's not stamped. They're gonna assume, yeah, like they're not they're not gonna know what's going on here. Um, Japan's really hard because there's a language barrier. Germany is terrifying because the German uh, uh, customs agents do not think I'm funny, do not think I'm charming, do not want me to say anything more than this is the carnet form. And they'll pick like and they pick something at random and they look at it and go, okay, show me this item right here. But I'm always I, I have like. Do you know how some people have a problem with authority? I have the opposite problem where I want authority to really like me. Like I just want to be – I want the approval so desperately of authority that I'm like, hey, tap dancing in front of the Germans. They're like, get the fucking taser. Tase this son of a bitch right now. Tase his ass. Yeah, it's, so it's it if you don't do it, you can get fined like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so, it's, it's, so it's 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 a pretty serious thing to do. But Jesus. But uh, yeah, nonetheless, I, the I like the hotel scenario. I like going to hotel. Mm-hmm. 
The problem with the hotel in Boston, it was very nice, but it was also very loud, which I did not expect. Yeah, uh, fucking elevator. Yeah, like the, and the people in the like, I actually had a moment like at one or two in the morning one night where there were just people in the fucking being loud, and I literally sh- screamed, "Shut the fuck up!" Like for my bed, and then it just was like, yeah, quiet from there. It's like because the doors were all high, and like, yeah, it's like Jesus, shut the fuck up. Well, it was an old you know, hotel. Like, just yeah. shut up. Yeah, no one wants to hear anything you're saying right now. It's three in the morning. Go to bed. Please go to bed. That's why I like to stay. Like when we went to Rooster Teeth, um, we were able to stay at the W. And the mm, w, w Rooster Teeth is like a brand new hotel made out of concrete. And when you shut the door, it has that sound where it's like. It's just quiet. Yeah. It's so nice. Now, if someone's screaming outside your door, you're going to hear it. But we, my room was all the way down at the end of the hall, mm. nestled in like a small group of rooms. And so you're not getting a lot of foot traffic. Whereas in the Fairmont, when we stayed for PAX, I was get off the elevator my room is like one left and was right there and so like the first time I was like what is that goddamn dinging sound <laughs> what keeps dinging and it go bing 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 and I was like what the fuck is someone like backing up a truck is the elevator yeah every time the like elevator a hit a floor it made a forever. ding what kind of shitty hotel like it, like what kind of dumb design is like let's make sure everyone knows the 15 floors that it's coming so audibly you can know when the elevator is going to arrive no just wait for the fucking light yeah wait for the light it's the door will open second. eventually it's going to open someone's going to act, act awkward because people are oddly territorial in elevators for some reason <laughs> like when they open it's like i don't really want you to get in this elevator like, oh, i had the space thing happening and like the five people will get in and then yeah what i don't like about ele- elevators because i get a little claustrophobic is that i don't like when people don't have the courtesy to take the next one. I hate that. Oh, when they have to, hey, do man, when they feel like let's just happen. cram in, you gotta cram make in. it happen. And I'm like, if this elevator gets stuck, we're all gonna asphyxiate. That never happens. How many times you been in a stuck elevator? You're, when you're claustrophobic. Ke- growing up with Kevin was the most horrifying thing because he was deadly. T- it was the obesity, <laughs> and he <laughs> was deadly terrified of elevators because he had a bad experience one time where him and his mom got stuck bad in experience. one. Yeah, a horrible, horrible What happened? Spray. I got stuck in an elevator for a couple hours with my mom. <laughs> so? If you knew his mom. <laughs> my mom sucks, was what he just said, by the way. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things I've ever heard anyone say. That is, that is amazing. But, yeah, so every time we were in an elevator with him, he was just, like, freaking the fuck out. I'm like, dude, calm the fuck down. And then he got bit by a dog, and then <laughs> we just couldn't go out. I got better on both. <laughs> Remember in the movie New Year's Eve, or just New Year's, I forget what it's called, Ashton Kutcher and that girl from Glee get caught in an elevator, and they find a love connection. So, maybe that could happen with you and your mom. <laughs> just damn. saying, you played it wrong. You we just played it wrong. not going to find a love connection with anyone that's alive. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, my, my favorite thing about hotels is, is going in, and it's that moment when you get on the bed and you realize that you can't touch every corner of the bed. Oh, and you're just like, fuck yeah. It's a big bed. Yeah, you're just like bed, starfishing yeah. it. That's awesome. But the, my least favorite thing about hotels, this is one of those things where it's a 50-50. It's either awesome or just the worst. You walk into the goddamn shower and you try to figure out the water pressure game mm-hmm. and how fucking high the goddamn shower head is. Right. It's like, why are the shower heads that are like three feet down? It's like, that's not a service to anybody. We'll go to Europe. They're all over the place. We're just like, it's like right here. It just shoots sideways at you. <laughs> You're like, what the shit? You also hate, you hate the rain shower head. Well, I you hate that. hate that thing. I like fucking, well, I can't do it. I, like it. I, I need pressure. Like I need to feel like the water's beating down on me. Mm-hmm. I need to know I'm getting clean. You want to be able to turn that little knob and have some fun with yourself? No, like, here's here's my thing. Takes it from a spout to a I, controlled I love massager. that. I love the controlled thing. I, my thing is, if that water can hit my balls and mm-hmm. not hurt me, yeah. 
Wait, and her, wait. No, you're right. And not hurt you. Then you want it to hurt you. Yeah, that's good. the problem. Yeah. I want to need to be able to have to cover shit. Yeah. For things to be okay. She likes strong pressure. I, I like, like strong, strong pressure. pressure. Yeah, I can get. I can yeah. get into that. And it's it's the worst when it's just like little fucking trinkles, and you're like, especially when you have like product in your hair, you're yeah. trying to get it out, and you just feel it like going down your face. I'm like, God, this is disgusting. You're yeah. trying to wash your butt, and I'm like, nothing's being clean right now. Yeah. I got a dirty butt. Oh, I need bad a water power pressure. hose on that bad boy back there. But the height thing to me is the like height trash is even worse because it's like I'm sure Greg. Yeah. And it's like. I can't um, even imagine being you. Because for me, I'm just like, this sucks. 90% of the time, it'll be at like here. And I'm like, I can kind of deal with that. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, there's times where I'm like, this is made for little people. And like, mm. most of the world aren't that small. There's I, a lot of times I have to do it like, you know, like, uh, it's like, it's like a revelatory moment in a, in a movie, right? Where you have to do like the whole like turn around and like, it's just like, like a head down like I'm, I'm I just what failed the, I just failed the team <laughs> like, yeah, to get my uh, like, head under the thing like, like you're yeah. like you're rocking and you just yeah. lost the clubber lang I thought you were I thought you were getting ready to yeah yeah get bulldogged well <laughs> <laughs> yeah the worst is the ones that like that are that are like on their own articulating arm and you have to tighten them because you can go up and down with them but they don't oh, they I've don't, never even experienced this is the, I had one one bad experience of this where like I kept trying to push it up so it would be at normal height and I would tighten it, but the, the tightening mechanism was broke. So it would just, mm. as I was showering, would just slide down <laughs> and just rest on my shoulder. And I'm like, this is just the way. And I'm short. So it's like, I can only imagine. That's never a problem for me, the height. Yeah, the height uh, this is the one time where I'm This like, is, is not hotels, but have you ever been in someone's house where they have the crazy-ass showers where it's like multiple shower yes. heads? Oh, my God. I've only had that in hotels. I've it's never known like somebody that rich. There's hotels with that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I was going to say, I've, I've had a great shower experience in hotels. The person who I know who has, a, has that kind of shit in his house is Nate Ahern. In uh, Seattle, fucking when I go when Microsoft I go visit him, he money. has like three showers in his house. He has a fucking beautiful house, and he has a shower in the basement that is like hermetically sealed. Like it's just like mm. it's just like you walk into this thing and you just close the door and you're just in the shower. And then there are like five different shower heads. That sounds yeah. awesome. That I want my shower experience like, to be a Disneyland. Right? I, I I insist on taking showers in when I'm at Nate's in that shower. Just, even though it's and, in and the, just even, wakes up and you're in their shower, it, you're like. It's the one in the basement where, like, it's, like, in the shower. It's, like, it literally, I guess the person that owned the house before maybe was, like, an athlete or something. Like, you would come in and you would just take a shower mm-hmm. real quick or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, in their laundry room. And I, like, go into the basement and, like, go into the shower just to use that shower. It's incredible. Why not? What about, why so, not. what about bad hotel experiences? I've had, I have two that jumped to mind. Number one was uh, in college or right after college going to a friend's wedding. And we were splitting the room. And uh, this is one of those, like, you know, I, I went to school in Missouri. I don't talk about it often. This little school called the University of Missouri. And uh, that is in Columbia, dead center in in Missouri. And it's very, it's it's a, it's a small city, right? Like, it's, you know, liberal, everything else. And then when you go outside of it, before St. Louis, before Kansas City, up north, whatever, that's when you get into, like, what most people think of, like, small town Missouri. This was, like, small town fucking Missouri. It was a wedding out there. And the only hotel was, like, one of, like, the Bates Motel, right? Where it's like, you know, like it's a, like the motel. Exactly. Like, right. Motor in. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. With a gravel parking lot. And like you walk up to your door and you open it and you're just there. You're yeah, in. Like, tripped. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so like when we booked it, they were like, all we have left smoking rooms. Ooh. And we we're like, uh, okay, how bad could it be? And then my friend yeah. Kyle opened the door and threw it open and he just went, I carumba. Because <laughs> you just got fucking punched yeah. in the face That's the by worst. 30 years of small town Missouri smoke. Yeah. And you're like, Holy shit, is this horrible. I, even as a smoker, um, or I should say a reform smoker now, um, I can't be in those environments. 
because it's just toxic. It's terrible. And sometimes I'll even have problems in Vegas when there should be that much smoke oh, yeah. around you. But in the hotel room, it's the worst. It's yeah. the worst. Everything smel- it smells like smoke. Everything. No one's smoking in there. But just- the mattress, yeah. the floor, the walls. Like, the smoke gets into the walls. You can't get that out. <laughs> yeah. You have to, like, literally repaint over them. And even then, that's the worst. And the I other think- bad one was when I was trying to drive to IGN from uh, Missouri as well. When I was moving out here and almost died and ended up staying in that trailer. When I finally gave up and drove back the 15 miles to get another hotel room at this other place, dumpy, you know, truck stop. Not motel, but close to it. It was it had stories, at least. I got in there, got up there, and it was a danky, you know, a, a shady room, to say the least, or whatever. And I remember I needed to charge my phone, so I moved out the nightstand on the side. And behind it were all these condoms. Not, not they were they were unused, but it was still just this disgusting thing of, like, this is the this is how well the maids clean this room. That some guy had a fuck fest up here. Or this <laughs> knocked his condoms this, off the thing, and they all just fell there. And this is where the prostitutes come to, with their johns, most likely. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. I was fine. Okay. I've had a lot of I bad... I the comfort on the ground. <laughs> the comfort in the pillows over it's fine. I've had a bunch of bad experiences in New York with oh, hotel the rooms. Tiny oh, rooms? my God, Because they're yeah. the world's smallest rooms, and they charge you so much money. Like, this is a, a cottage, like a boutique hotel. And you're like, no, this used to be someone's, like bathroom and you converted that into a hotel room but the worst was when i did a gig for uh for my buddy's company it was a freelance gig and we were flying to new york i think it was to do it was for something for like nba or we were supposed to meet kevin durant somewhere but we all gotten in early <laughs> <laughs> no, was, we're gonna meet him at shake shack <laughs> no they, they were doing night. an event where he was supposed to play the game where it was the film and like we were doing a package yeah. with him but we had to fly in a red eye and we got there and i was like please god let our rooms be ready and they were not uh, ready so we waited and we had not slept in new york had not slept, and it was like 11 o'clock, and we were supposed to be able to meet the client at like 5. And they're like, your rooms aren't, sorry, so your rooms aren't going to be ready till like 3 or 4. And finally, one of the rooms was ready. So we go, we're like, great, we're just going to go in. I'll take a spot on the floor. And two guys can sleep in the bed, and we'll just, we'll just knock out for a few hours. And we get up there, and there's not even a spot on the floor. The room's so small that you have to like, like you can't, you have to put your stuff in the closet because there's no other floor space. And we had to like shimmy over to the bed. So just cut to about 30 minutes later, three grown men trying to sleep in a full-size bed. So it was two fetal positions, like, back-to-back, and one person sleeping on our legs like a dog, and it just did not work. I mean, I knocked out for a good hour, but I woke up, and both the guys had left because they were like, you were just – it was miserable. You Sorry, it was like not crazy. working. I was not snoring. It doesn't snore. I don't snore, but that leads me to my other worst time in a hotel ever. When I, I have one friend specifically, and I won't give, I won't shout him out right now, but he's the world's – No. Brandon. Actually, I don't think Eric snores. Mike Ransky. Um, well, Mike, I'm pretty sure Mike Ransky probably snores. Oh, no, Ransky gets yeah. nasty. Does he? It's bad. Um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> but my buddy was like, yeah, we, we booked a gig together, and it was I think it was in Vegas. Oh, no, we got flown out to do to do something in Vegas for NAB. Um, and they were like, well, they're only getting one room for us. And I was like, well, maybe I'll spring for another one. And they looked at the prices. I was like, no, I'm not springing for another one. This is way too – during conventions in Vegas, the oh, yeah, yeah. could just jack up. And that was a mistake because he snores. And he's like, it's not that bad. But when you're not a snorer – and you're sleeping next to someone who is a snorer. Mm. Imagine trying to go to sleep when periodically someone turns a lawnmower on next to you and then proceeds to try to cut through stone with it. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> to, to, the, to the point where I literally was like, I, I'm like, this is so bad. The next day I was like, I got to get another room. And he's like, it's not that bad, dude. Dude, it's not that bad. And I'm like, I'm going to film you when you fall asleep. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I'm going to film. I'm going to, I'm going to record what you sound like. And to this day, he does not believe that it was him that actually made that noise. Because it's it would sound like a beast, like a fucking hell beast, coming out of the gates of hell. There's something about snoring that actually bothers me. Oh, it bothers like, me. Like it's, my not, core. it's not a matter of like it's not a matter of like oh this guy snores or stay away from it. It's like I'm like yo like why are you snoring? 
Why are you snoring like this? There's something wrong with you. This isn't the way you're supposed to sound when you're sleeping. That like you need to correct this problem. Because I've had I've had a similar problem where I've like slept with I had roommates in college that snore. I wanted to fucking kill myself. Yeah. I, I swear to God when I moved into Northeastern I had my first roommate, nice guy, he left like halfway through like at the end of the first semester, so I never really I've never even seen him again. But um he was a nice guy, but he snored and I used to like I feel bad because I used to like we had like bunk beds and I would mm-hmm. on the top bunk and he was on the bottom bunk and he would snore and I would just like go like and I would just bang the wall like just be like you know like that and he would like stir up and then I would pretend like I was sleeping so he didn't yeah know, he, like, he left like six months in I don't really know why I don't know why it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't because of that but then the guy that came in um, I lived with a football player that second semester who was just the same I'm like I can't avoid it you know and oh, and, yeah. and it was like to me it's just like dude like I know it's, like, hard to control or whatever, but, like, you need to do something about it. Like, you're in a room with another person. Like, you need to feel bad about it. If, I was, a, yeah, yeah. if I was a snorer and I was sleeping with someone else, I'd feel fucking really self-conscious about it and, like, mm-hmm. try to get, like, the breathe right strip or whatever, sleep on my back, whatever, or whatever you're supposed to do to help. Maybe sleep on your back is actually the exact opposite. That's what you sleep on your side. Um, yeah, yeah, like, and, you know, I don't know. That shit always bothered me because I just feel like, yo, like, it's, it's kind of a common decency thing to, like, not do this in front of other people. I don't yeah. care if you can control it or not. You need to figure it out. You know, um, yeah, I've literally been in hotel rooms where I've been forced to. I took the like at one point I was like, "Fuck this!" Grabbed all of the covers off of the bed and threw them into the shot into the bathtub and shut the door and tried to tried to drown it out and slept in the bathtub and it still didn't work. There was a there was one time I had to get up, literally get up and go downstairs and be like, "I need another room." That's it. Gotta have man. It. Gotta I, have see, it. I, just, to me, it's just not that big a deal because you snore. I so I only snore, and this sounds like stupid to say, when but I don't. I don't know. I don't snore at home. I only snore when I'm at other people's places mm. for some reason. It just happens. But it's like, I don't I don't think I snore that bad. It might be a little bit. Maybe sometimes it's bad. I don't know. It's bad. But I, I feel like there's some people that are just super sensitive to it, like Nick, where I'm just like, there's some times where I'm like, this is not that bad. But you just wouldn't be able to You sleep. have to understand that like when it's pitch silent, when there's no noise pitch in silent. the room. Is it pitch silent? No, it's no. dead silent. Excuse me. <laughs> pitch um, silent. Pitch black, dead <laughs> silent. When it's silent in the room, Party if you're not a snorer, you're used to silence. And so anything, like literally anything will wake me up. Like I'll hear um, like the guy upstairs, literally the guy upstairs from me snores in my apartment and it'll wake me up. And that's like, that would infuriate that's me. through. And it's, well, yeah, I had to get, I got a fan eventually because I was like, I need other noise in the yeah, room white to drown noise. it out. I need white noise and I need it to be organic. That just sounds crazy. Like it, I just feel like sleeping evolution. I'll tell you what, next time you sleep, I'm going to sneak into your room. Yeah. And occasionally I'm just going to start a fucking chainsaw. And then I'm gonna stop it and see what happens. I mean, I, I feel like it's just like, all right, I adapt. Things happen. Probably, and that's and there's, there's a. But physio- there, you, there's that line when you can't. You know what I mean? Like I, you and I room together usually because we're the same way. It's just like I can sleep through just about anything. Yeah, Nick, Nick and I are the room together now. But the thing up. was, last year at Comic Con, uh, at the last minute, oh, yeah. don't tell names. Obviously, <laughs> I got, I got, I got put with somebody who snores, and so it was like, I'm like, no big deal. I can sleep through anything. And it was like I came in and I just wasn't in that place yet. And so then I laid down and like laid there looking at the wall for like 45 minutes. And of course, then it gets in your head of like, I need to be up in five hours mm-hmm. and I need to be on camera all day. And I, you know, it's just, I got up and I went downstairs and got earplugs. And then I did that and I was fine. But it was just yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, even earplugs wouldn't do it for me. Pretty good. First of all, I'm a very light sleeper, which, and there, there is a difference between being a light sleeper and a heavy sleeper. And there, it's some weird thing in your brain that like, no, don't, Christine, don't break eye contact. He's coming to you. What were you saying, Nick? Um, if you are a light sleeper, 
your brain will lock into that, and then it does that. It plays that game of even if it stops, when's it going to start again? That's exactly right. When's it going to start? Yeah, again? Yeah, you wait for it. You wait for it. I I, I totally. So un- you guys are crazy. No, 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 we're not. Because here's the thing about it, is that if you're alone, make all the noise you want. But I agree with you. Like Greg had a guest staying here once. Mm-hmm. I we will name no names. Thank you. That was the worst snorer ever. I would say that mm-hmm. I've ever heard. Right? Would you would you categorize that level of snoring as like? It's for him, yeah. Next level, yeah. And this person was staying in Greg's room, and I was in my room, and we share a wall. And I could hear it clear as day, as if it was happening like right next to my yeah. ear. And I'm like, "This is fucking insane. insane." And I got, I have Spotify, so I found like white noise on repeat and just played it, blared it, because I was like, "I can't, I can't, I can't." You know, there's white, that I need. white noises on Spotify, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, like you know, like ambient ocean they have noises. Apps, they have apps for it too, where you can combine like a fan, air conditioner, and the wind. In the ocean and i just fucking i highlight them all and i just you can combine it. them yeah you can wow, actually make crazy. your own white noise sound because that's the thing if the snore here's the thing about the snore if the snore was constant at a constant pitch it wouldn't actually be a big deal at all no if it was it's a, that, if it was it's a that, double drum yeah it's, it's a oh, right. you can't get into a rhythm of it and yeah then they choke yeah. themselves awake or whatever yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah so i have i have a zero tolerance policy for that like i can't deal with it I don't want to deal with it. That's why I stay with nick when we travel now is because mm-hmm. like i know nick's not going to snore he knows i am not going to snore yeah. and that is basically the end of it yep i'm even i'm even self-conscious about breathing heavily like even heavy breathers bother me well that was the thing with colin when when we roomed together the first time ever he said to me do you snore and i go no and we woke up the next day and i was like how was i and he's like you're borderline he's like you breathe loudly and i felt self-conscious about it. i was like i'm so sorry because i thought i did i've been told i right. don't you know what i mean like christine has been clear from early on like like i needed to breathe through my fucking nose when we slept and mm-hmm. i've gotten you know it, it it sounds stupid, like I, oh, I, I learned to do that, but you do, right? Like you it's do. just something you get yourself in a rhythm of it, and then you don't do it the other way. But even then, rhythm. it was still just super loud. But I, like I've said before, I'm loud with everything I do, whether it be vocally or anally. I'm very loud. Yeah. All right, my topic. You're gonna you're gonna leave it on vocally or anally. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, if they're just tuned into this topic, they have no idea what you're talking about. Forty-six like minutes into the show of the oh, hotel, a topic that wasn't a real topic. Yeah. All right, for real now. My topic. Okay. There with that now it's just a clean break. Okay. I I've been holding this in for a while. I'm excited to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. Lou Ferrigno is gonna kill me. Awesome. I've I've often thought about killing you. So it's good that someone else will do it. So it's great that Lou's gonna do it for you because he's one of my favorite people on this planet. You don't cool. even know Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno? The you Incredible know of Hulk? Him. Yeah, I know you know of him. Yeah, I don't know Lou Ferrigno. No one yeah, knows. How did when, how did how did this come about? Who's how do you know Lou Ferrigno? I don't. Okay. But there's there's a new movie called Nightmare City. Okay. And I'm going to be in it as a zombie. Awesome. And he's going to kill me. And I did this. This this is exciting because it's uh, it's a full circle thing for me. Because I, I what I did is I backed it on Indiegogo to get this perk. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is interesting because when I was sitting there hemming and hawing on whether I should do this or not. Should I, I had to run it through Christine. The first thing I said to Christine was, uh, like, I'm gonna, it's time for me to pitch you something. And I'm like, you're not allowed to just say no. And then, like... Two, I like that. Two two sentences into the description, she's like, you should, you should totally do this. Because, but it's full circle because in my head when I was getting ready to see if I wanted to back this, because it was, it was $1,500 on this Indiegogo Jeez. to make this movie. It was uh, our own. Wait, $1,500 to get the role or just to make the movie? No, to be. To no, be in the role. To, yeah, this yeah, is, I, like, I paid them $1,500. Don't do it if it's only a $1,500 budget um, for the movie. It's not worth In my it. head, though, it was movie. our own uh, Louis Menchachachacha yeah. who came out here and did the whole thing of like, yeah. we had to tell his friends about it, that he was going to pay two grand to come be on our dumb show and mm-hmm. support our dumb stuff. And the, for me, it was like, 
it was it was a series of things that led to this. First, it was it's multi-tiered on why I wanted to be a part of this and why I think it's worth the money and why I'm excited about it. Yeah. Number one, yes, Lou Ferrigno. The Incredible Hulk himself. Mm-hmm. You remember him well. I We're do. the old guys at the table. Yeah. We like super. He's in a great movie. There's, there's a great documentary on Netflix called Pumping Iron. And right. Him and Arnold Schwarzenegger are the main uh, two characters. And, and Arnold awesome. Schwarzenegger's the bad guy in it. Yeah. yeah he was guy. also on Celebrity Apprentice. Lou Ferrigno? Mm. Yeah. yeah. He was also in that uh, Paul Rudd movie I'm thinking of right now. Uh, uh, I love you, man. I love you, man. Yeah. yeah he was good. He was he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, oh, I know. He's Lou yeah. Ferrigno. He's, he's been around forever. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, the real. So I found out about this from Jimmy Wong. Oh, Freddie Wong's brother. He's in this. He's 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 an act, he's acting in this mm-hmm. movie or whatever. He tweeted about it, and I clicked on it. Now, so it's exciting about Lou Ferrigno. You're gonna kill me. It's exciting that it's a zombie movie. It's exciting that Jimmy Wong's involved. It's exciting that now I don't know. I we've never talked. I know you're the film guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know how how much of a horror film guy are you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Tom Savini. Mm-hmm. Ring a bell. Mm-hmm. Vaguely. He means a lot to me. I'm a big okay. zombie movie fan, you okay. know. I don't, or maybe you don't know. I don't know. We never talk about this. I know you like zombies. You look out there on the bookshelf. The only DVDs I've kept are Kevin Smith ones, animated series about Superman, mm-hmm. and then all of my zombie collections of okay. DVDs. The biggest there. role you've ever played was a zombie. That is not true. It is true. You can take your not another zombie movie and shove it up your butt. This is a real zombie movie. was a movie real zombie. Too. I was. I'm gonna be you were great in it. Tom Savini. Uh, in the, in the horror realm, mm-hmm. one of the names amongst names. Okay. Yeah, he's he's the guy who does the amazing makeup. If you see, when you see like practical effects and okay. stuff, and you think about gore and you think about gory horror movies, it's this guy Tom. I I fell in love with him in the original Dawn of the Dead, George Ramirez and stuff. Wow. He, okay. He so did, he's old school. He oh yeah yeah he had done makeup there and he's also one of the raiders in that. He's like the lead raider on the motorcycle and stuff. And so then, it's like Rick Baker kind of. Are you familiar with Rick Baker? No. He's the guy that did like he, I mean he's a. Same Big idea. horror makeup guy, yeah. Sure. So, but then you tra- then when you learn about him, you do- he's in all these other movies doing all this other stuff, mm-hmm. and he is directing this film. Oh, cool! And he directed the remake of Night of the Living Dead, which I loved. I don't know if you ever saw like the nineteen ninety something. Uh, no remake. No. Oh, it's so Night of the Living Dead remake. Dawn of the Dead. No, Dawn no. of the Dead was uh, that. That was, Zach Snyder. It, was, it was. It was. It was. And it was written by James Gunn. Yeah. But this is movie. Night of the Living yeah. Dead. This is the Night of the Living Dead remake. Okay. It's out there on DVD. There's should... a couple Night of the Living Dead remakes. But yeah. This is the amazing one by Tom Savini. Okay. And it's out there in the practical effects and it's awesome. And they do this oh, awesome I'll, thing I'd like to borrow that from you then at some point. You should. So uh, it's just, he's been on The Simpsons too. Like he's a real, it's a real thing, this guy. He's a real, he's, he's a been re- on The Simpsons. He's a real deal and a dude yeah. with the gore and the horror. When you play yourself on The Simpsons, you know you've made it. That's it's true. That's Very 100% true. true. So it was that he's involved, Jimmy's involved, Lou Ferrigno's involved. Now the thing that is even more exciting, because I had to wrap my head around this. Mm-hmm. I'm Greg Miller. I make a lot of stuff on the internet for a lot of cool people. Mm-hmm. We have a lot, we have a wide reach, blah, blah. Do I want to pay to be in a movie? It seems weird, right? Like all this other stuff. But, for me, it's not even appearing in the movie as much as it is Getting supporting from this guy you love. That's well, awesome. a, he's going to be like, all right, be a fucking zombie. All right, and do that. Well, like, there's more. I'll read you the perk here in a second. Mm-hmm. There, so there's there's this. They're supporting this guy I love because so many people support us. I felt like this was a big moment for me, and the fact that something came across the table that for me was like, holy shit, this is a, so many different things that I love. I get to be a part of and support people. We get to support Mr. Wong. We get to support all these people that you know like matter to us, right? Uh, never ending story. You know that movie? Yeah. The guy, the Falcor. kid. Who's the kid in the? Betrayal. Yeah, he's in this movie too. Really? Yeah, and the original Barbara from Night of Living Dead in this movie as well. Wow. So there's a whole bunch of fucking shit in here that's really cool for me as being a, a nerdy nerd guy. But on top of all this is that the makeup is being done by Savini's folks, like the people who he has like his a school team. and his mm-hmm. team and that. So I'm gonna look like a fucking badass yeah. zombie in this, let alone just be in a movie supporting a guy I love, let alone be killed by Lou Ferrigno, which not many people get to say, let alone 
uh, support Jimmy Wong, let alone be in a horror movie. Oh, I want to see the picture of you as a zombie and compare it to when I directed my opus, not yeah. another zombie. Well, apocalypse. they'll probably give me an erection. Because mine I, was just, just. They're going to give you an erection? Yeah, wait, what? what? That's They'll probably give me direction. Uh, oh, point of I, clarification: I'm pretty sure, and many There's times ours. I've given you an erection. Yeah, definitely. You've been all, at you least two or three times before that I've made you erect. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So, a couple questions about this. What was their What was their end goal for Kickstarter? Do you remember? This you is Indiegogo. Indiegogo. What was their IGG.me slash shit at I believe is that how they do them on here? A slash uh, Kevin's putting up. We'll put up the sure, sure, sure. Nightmare City. You can also just Google Nightmare City. Well, I think it's yeah. Their end goal fifty thousand dollars. Okay, because uh, they have like they have the whole funding break. So they have here. funding. So they're just trying. Is this is this the full budget? Or are they trying to get like some? some no, extra no, 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 no. I'll, I'll let me bring you around a little. Got uh, they got a little pie chart in here. that's doing all this stuff. I love pie chart. Because a lot of the times on Indiegogo, they'll do like they'll, they'll just get it to like cover posts or something like that, or they'll get it to cover like some of the some of the costs of either you know editing it or taking it to festivals. Yeah. See, right like now that. they have the film funds, the distribution, the investors. Okay. And now they're using fans. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they've got better. They've got some, so there's, there's probably some more money they're throwing in it. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's not just this money here. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I, my thing is this: yeah. I'm, I'm a very, st- I mean, I, I know Colin sort of come around. At least you're lukewarm now. You don't, you don't vehemently uh, object to the idea of the Kickstarters. The, the yeah, mostly because of, of w- some of the things that I enjoy come from Kickstarter. Right. So that would be hypocritical of me to stand staunchly against the platform. And that's that's my stance. It, it always has been, right? And I, I think we're enjoying this amazing um, time in 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 production where people can be directly responsible for making the thing that you, like helping you make the thing you want right. to make, right? You don't have you can cut the middleman out. You don't need to go out there. We always talk about how like you know, well, Kevin Smith doesn't need Kickstarter because he should just be able to go to Harvey Weinstein and get money for that. That's true. But then you have things like Super Troopers, right? And mm-hmm. Super Troopers 2 mm-hmm. just got funded. Yeah. Um, and not only did it get funded, just, as of the fourth or fifth day, it's like $3 million. Yeah, it crossed, it beat Laser Team, Rooster Teeth's movie, to be the most funded Indiegogo Yeah, Indiegogo. Movie, yeah. Um, which is awesome, right? And I gave, I will willingly gave them 10 bucks first day. I was like, this is it, dude. Yeah, 10 bucks. I'll, I'll, and I'm going to pay to see it probably in the theaters when and if it comes out. But with them, it better come out. It's it will. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's going to come. In. Like, I, I don't know how you. many theaters it's it'll get distributed. And I'm sure it will. But with those guys, like I, I, I really appreciate and respect them because they did Super Troopers, and instead of just immediately going into Super Troopers two, they were like, let's try something different. Let's give the audience something different, like a different flavor. And they did uh, uh, Beer Fest, Club Beer Dread. Fest, Club, Club Dread, and you know they weren't my favorite movies. Beer Fest was kind of funny. Um, a lot of things are kind of funny. Uh, but now that they're coming back to sort of form with Super Troopers two. They don't need to necessarily. They've already got my money. Like I'm, I'm willingly going out there and supporting them because I love them. I think they do great work, and I want to see this movie come, uh, come to life. Much like people on Patreon are supporting us, yeah, uh, because they want, they just want to follow along on this ride with us. Um, so if that's something that you want to do with this, I think it's absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Well, no, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just yeah. saying how why it made so much sense for me, and that's one of the things they talk about, right? Like yeah. the, you know, they have it in there it's talking about the fact they want to make a hard R horror movie. That those don't. Those don't make money normally, right? Right. In the theater anymore because you cut off everybody below 17. Right. So all these high school right. kids are going out, don't get to see it, and, da, da, da. and that's Correct. why you see so few horror, horror movies, let alone our movies. Our movies, general. period. All right. So here I'm going to read you the perk, all right? So you okay. hear all the cool stuff I'm getting. So it's, yeah, $1,500 get killed by Lou Ferrigno. You'll spend a whole day slash night on the filming set and act in a full action sequence together with Lou Ferrigno and undergo training and classes before the shoot with our stunt team. As a hero zombie, you will attack Lou and get killed by him. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner with cast and crew included. You'll be given a screen credit on IMDb, plus invitation to the premiere and after party for you, plus a friend. Travel and lodging are not included, plus Dibs. everything from the mega set and the one crew t-shirt. That sounds fun. Yeah. 
it's gonna be super fun yeah I mean, my first instinct on this is to say like i don't know if i would do something like this like especially for you because you have the opportunity and have you know with your things like you get paid to do these things yeah but at the same time like there are definitely scenarios many scenarios where if someone was like you could just meet this person and spend a half an hour with them for fifteen hundred dollars. Be like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, you know? oh, I would. I would like, I would. like. There's a lot of people that I would pay. You know, not a lot, but I mean, there's. I can name. I can rattle off literally twenty five names right now that I'd pay fifteen hundred dollars to spend a half an hour with. So, Someone's like, so you, like can, you can hang out with Wayne Gretzky for fifteen hundred dollars. Would you do it? Oh yeah, but I would even go. I, it doesn't have to be Wayne Gretzky. Like I would hang out with like you know anyone on the Islanders. I would. I would hang yeah. out with you know Neil deGrasse Tyson. I would hang out with oh, God, you know awesome. uh, uh, all sorts of different you know Stephen Hawking like. You know, just yeah, like, no, no. Just like, so I understand where you're coming from because it's not so much, it seems like maybe not so much about the movie as much as it's about like you get to experience something with someone that you respect. Right. And that was the thing too is like I, like you look at their Twitter account and the fact that Jimmy's involved and all these different things and it's like I could have talked my way into this film. I could have easily done something, you know, that, along mm-hmm. that line, but I didn't want to do it that way. I want to go the right way and I want to support them and I, in a way, well, other, the other than, way is the wrong way. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no, not the other but, way, I mean, the wrong way, yeah. There's something about supporting it. But for me, it. I don't want to be an actor. Uh-huh. I don't want to be an actor. I don't know how to do that well. It's not part of my skill set. Maybe one day I'll want to go in that direction. But, like, right now, fuck no, I don't want to do it. I think it's way fun, more fun to be just a zombie that'll get to Lou Ferrigno will chop my head off or whatever the hell happens. Well, you get to go to school. To I know, I get to go trained. to zombie school. Stunts. I'll come back and yeah. I'll teach you how to do stuff. I mean, stunts. we did... Stunt school and not in the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. You didn't really. Yeah. I taught you one move that I remembered from. Oh wait, no, so. you. Yeah, you didn't. We didn't give I you any zombie because yeah. we didn't have budget. But Nick did teach us fight that. moves. My 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 direction was to yell roots, which was never referenced or explained in the movie. Oh, it, it was. was. You never watched the yeah. third act. You weren't in it. There was you, a great Greg joke. Watch anything he's not in it about the roots Greg losing a Grammy to Drake. Yeah. Um. It was explained. <laughs> that project was such. That project was ridiculous. And it is, by the way, it was igg.me slash at I-G-G-Y. Nightmare City. Or okay. just Nightmare City. Just Google Nightmare just, City. Just, Google just, Nightmare just YouTube City Iggy Azalea. Just YouTube Iggy Azalea booty. That's not going to help you. Uh, but you should watch that video for sure. That yes. for sure. Yeah. A thousand percent. That was a That's video. a great video to watch. Um, I don't know. I mean, I th- I would I would spend if if there was if Kevin Smith was doing a movie and they were like you get a walk on role and you have like a you say one line and then in Clerks three I'd be like hundred percent yeah yeah I, yeah, wa- yeah. I want to be in that like I want to be a part of that project and just mm-hmm. see that process and yeah you always hope that you get invited to do this stuff but like we're in that weird space right now and t- you know it's a weird era right now where you can actually just spend a little and and go do these things which is crazy yeah and do I advocate that all the time no I think actors should be paid I think you should be paid to be a part of these projects. Um, but once in a blue moon, why not? Yeah. So to me, the the thing that taught me about Kickstarter was years ago, probably like four years ago now. Freddie Wong, when he was first making video game high mm-hmm. school, um, when they were crowdfunding for that, one of the perks was him and Brandon back when they worked together. Um, for I think it was like twenty five hundred dollars. It was you and a friend get to go down for a weekend, hang out with them, and then they teach you all their video shit and like how to do all this stuff or whatever. And I remember this was I was maybe like a year into IGN at that point. I remember having big discussions with you and Eric and just being like, should me and Alfredo do this? Like, is it worth pretty much like, like $2,500 just for us to go down and meet them and like become friends? Because that's what happens. Yeah. It's like, you're paying for that opportunity to become best friends. Yeah. But it's hard though. Cause there was that buffer too of like, this is a perk and like, you know, you don't necessarily. There's not. It's not guaranteed that that's going to happen. No, well, that's you what might I'm not saying. Form though. that relationship. But I mean, with people. That's what I'm saying. Is it's like it's us, so we would have. Sure. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> well, see, I, I think I remember that conversation. Cool. I think I remember saying, "Don't do it," because I, I was like, "You knew, you want to meet people on a different level." And that's when you meet people. And that's the thing. It was yeah. just like you don't want to be the guy that's like. 
Like specifically on this level, because it wasn't Kevin Smith. It was right. someone else that's like, one day we could be there, which is kind of crazy to think about now, because it's like, we're not there, but like, we're not not there <laughs> anymore. Sure. So that's yeah. that that's really always been interesting to me. Uh, but what is funny about that is the guy that did do that exact mm-hmm. same thing is Ren the Reaper. Really? He is now working for them. Oh, that's awesome. So, so that's fucked cool. up, basically. Yeah. Uh, some would say. Pretty bad. Yeah. I think we're in a good place. But yeah, See, I, mean, I, I support a lot. I've supported many Kickstarters. I've said this. We've talked about this topic so many times, but most of it's music. Mm-hmm. Most of the times it's just, it's essentially pre-ordering albums. It's yeah. not even really like supporting anything. Um, it's just like, oh, $75 for the vinyl and the CD and shit. It's like, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to buy it anyway. So here you go. That's cool. Movies. I, I don't think I've backed a movie yet. You backed Laser Team. Didn't you? Oh yeah, no. that's true. That's true. I mean, I, I, I and again, I didn't, they didn't even need my money when I backed Laser Team. I'll be honest with you; like they had blown past their yeah their their goal by a large wide margin. But I backed it because I was like, I I literally just want to give them that extra ten bucks. Maybe yeah. that's something that they can. Maybe that's the extra little bit that they needed to make that effect work. That that you know. Yeah. See, to me, it's not more. even so know. much about the the giving them the money. It's more about the vanity numbers and then. Just knowing that me giving them whatever, even if it's a dollar, it's just that's one more person that is at on their like list yeah. of patrons or whatever the fuck yeah. it's called. On backers. Go. Backers, yeah. yeah. And like that number of backers is they can take that and get sponsored by other people. Like look yeah, how many people yeah. gave us money to make this. To make this so, happen, yeah, yeah. There's so much more that goes into it than just money. And so I think that's important I backed, too. Yeah, I backed a few things. Every once in a while, I mean a handful of stuff. What um, was that one – awesome thing that you backed oh kung fury kung fury still hasn't come out Fuck. it's been like a year and a half but i don't care because honestly he's still working on it. i still get the updates for it and once it does come out it's gonna be dope yeah but he also was in a weird place where he's like i'm just gonna do a another short and then got way too much money and was like i guess i'll turn it into a 30 minute short now and everyone's like no you should make the full movie like keep pushing and like do another one make the full movie and he's like i don't know what i'm gonna do so it was also a very very ambitious very effects heavy um project i mean it was like sin city where it's everything's like the coolest in, in the world but it was dope and the guy i mean that's part of the reason why i like backing that stuff is because when that one thing does stand out and i go wow that that thing i had an emotional reaction to that thing that this person just showed me that needs to be uh that needs to be backed that that kind of feeling there needs to be more of that in in, in the world we have to, you have to help i'm not i'm not getting this point across adequately but when you have that sort of connection or something you owe it to yourself and to the world to help that thing be realized mm-hmm. i think because all too often turn on any television show right now and tell me how derivative that thing is you know, every single thing I watch, I can almost count backward into the show from the 80s that it's copying or the show from the 70s that it's copying. Or like it's all trying to be the Big Bang Theory or it's all trying to be Third Rock from the Sun or it's all trying to be some sort of uh, variant of Seinfeld or Cheers or any of that stuff. And it's like, dude, it's I can't when I watch TV now, for the most part, with the rare exception of things like Better Call Saul or Walking Dead, I'm like, I'm wasting my time. And even with a lot of movies, I'm like, this is a waste of time. This is unproductive. So when you see those amazing projects float your way, back it. Because it might be something crazy and unique that you didn't even know you liked. That's all I'm saying. And Kung Fury is one of those things. Look it up. It's weird and cool. Okay. That's it. All right. Did I just go on a really long tirade? Yeah, it was good, though. All right. What are you going to do? Lou Frigno's going to kill me. I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's going to be great. I got dibs on uh, going to the premiere with you. I know you're probably going to bring Christine. Well, she doesn't. She wants to go to meet everybody and like hang out or whatever. And then it's like she doesn't like horror movies. She doesn't like gore, and that's like totally this movie's. Gonna, I'm sure it's going to be guts falling out and all this gross stuff. It'd be cool. It'd be cool just to see kind of that level of production. That's that's the other problem. That's the other fun thing for you. That's going to be like I don't know if you've been 
you've been on sets before and you've been in stuff before. Yeah, um, but it's slow. I mean, not on this scale, right? Not like a t- movie. I yeah. Mean, like the, I was talking about Lip Sync Battle, right? Mm-hmm. That was like the first one where I was like, oh my God, this whole floor is like making this one show and there's yeah. a set and stuff. But like this is a whole. I mean, these guys probably movie. won't have that huge of a crew depending on what their budget is. But yeah. still, it's always fun to watch that work. Like Tim and I were, were fortunate to do that New Amsterdam thing. Mm. And it was cool to have a crew. Where you're like, I'm just going to yeah. stand here and someone's going to light me and there's a grip that's going to move something and then this makeup person's going to make sure I have touch-ups and stuff like that. And that's just a fun experience, especially when you're, when you're quote-unquote talent, you know, or I guess we were influencers on that one. It's just crazy. Weird Either to be called way, that. Either it's way. a joke. But I think it'll be a fun experience <laughs> for you. I think it's going to be awesome. I think you're going to – and you, you know, don't – I wouldn't say you never want to be an actor. You're good. Um, you got screen presence. Well, I, yeah, you I got mean, that special fill magic. Fill up your kiddo. phone when I'm on this show, but yeah, it's you know, I'm not saying like I, it's not, it's something I would like. No, I never want to do that. But it's like I don't think I'm ever. I don't know. I have no plans to actively pursue that as sure. like my you know passion or whatever. Sure, but maybe this changes it. All up. options are on the table. All maybe. Options. I mean, I, I, I think that the four of us especially have hilarious amounts of personality, and that I would be remiss if I didn't try to exploit that to some degree. Okay. Like I, I think we all would. So, you know, we're fun in the real world, but I think that when I when I think of all the three of you and I and I imagine what you would be as characters and things, it's hilarious. It's stupid. It's so fun. So <laughs> fun. My favorite thing about me is the character that Nick thinks I am. Oh, okay. Like Oh yeah. The Tim and Alfredo in Nick's mind is just fucking gold. Oh yeah. You guys I are love just it. I love lovable it. idiots. It's so good. Lovable idiots. You're the lovable idiot. You are the man who is eighty years older than he really is uh the old school conservative that wants the kids to get off the goddamn lawn i haven't figured out quite your character yet i think you're gonna be the, the radio host every single time or the guy that's okay. hosting everything yeah that's that's a stretch for me i don't know that's because i'm trying to, i'm trying to figure out all these characters for the animated show specifically sure one of the things that i thought of for the animated show was that maybe in order to bring us all together we do some sort of show in the show so you're not like seinfeld would always like open up with a comedy act like maybe right. the show could open up with a piece of the, the game of a great show or the kind of funny podcast that we do in the show in the world and then it, go, it goes into like the reality of mm, high school nice that idea. we're living in I like that. um I'll so i think that could be kind of cool i thought about that and then you would be that host you'd be the person who's like like i see you as that guy like alexis would be school president like she would be running for every single class president all the time alfredo would be the jock you know the kid that's always out there playing tennis and like you're like what do you have next? <laughs> what do you have next you got, you got you're playing you tennis you got you got a track meet of some sort like he's always just sweater. playing something yeah um, I got I got to nail those characters. Still. Okay, it's gonna be fun. All right. Well, Nightmare City. Nightmare Luther City. Rigno, me. Look for it soon. Colin. Uh, yes. What do you got? Sorry, I'm just tying my shoe. He's tying his shoe, everybody. Colin's topic: tying shoes. Uh, Damn it, Colin! Every time I get to your Sorry. topic, I have to go to the bathroom. Excuse me. It's okay. I'm coming back. I'll listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'll pee with the door open like I did last time we were talking. We probably shouldn't do that. That'd be fine. I'll do it right now. Um, a little more serious is shifting gears kind of topic. I was just thinking about uh, we talk a lot about. We don't talk a lot about it. I talk a lot about politics. Yeah. And I never really got your guy. I don't really know. I know you will live a better than I did in terms of politics. He's talking to me. Greg. Uh, but with Tim and Nick, I don't really know you guys in terms of how you feel about certain issues. And I thought – I was thinking about this the other day. I'm glad I remembered it because I often think of topics and then just don't remember them. Write them down. That's too hard. Use your notepad. That's too hard. I thought the best way to examine this was to kind of withdraw myself from the question a little bit and ask you guys a very simple question, which is um, how much government is too much government or enough government? In other words, what do you feel like the role of government in your life should be and what are examples of what it does right and what it does wrong? 
And I thought that by understanding these things better that I would then understand you guys better about how you feel politically because you're not... I can't wait for Tim's answer. Because, because, you're, because you're not really... I don't want to say politically conscious because I think everyone's politically conscious in some way. But everyone has a... I think politics... Let me put this a different way. I feel like politics has become... Um, an unsavory thing for a lot of people to talk about, which I don't agree with. I fucking hate avoiding politics and political conversations. I love them. I think it's sure. important to have those kinds of conversations. And a lot of people are just like, yeah. But I think that it, it leads to a false uh, conclusion that people don't feel politically. And I don't think that's true. I see what you're saying. Um, in fact, I don't think Tim doesn't feel politically. I don't think you don't feel politically. I don't think Nick doesn't feel politically. I don't think you guys maybe think about it. But I think that like if someone were to ask you a hard and fast question about it, you would have an answer. And so that's my question. Okay. Tim? So- I will be the first to say I am very uninformed about all of this. And who's the president? Barack Obama. Okay. Where was he born? Not the slightest clue in the world. (laughs) Hawaii. He was born in Hawaii? Yep. There you go. Show me the birth certificate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, I, I know that before I did this show, I was way less informed than I am now. I feel like talking to you guys, I kind of have a at least somewhat of a grasp where if people are talking about stuff, I can kind of maybe maybe every couple sentences add a line in there and not sound too stupid. Okay. okay. So I'm like, you guys are educating me. So there's definitely some growth. That's good. Um, in terms of the question of how much government is good, I don't really know. Um, I often get really deep in my thoughts and I start thinking about like why the fuck we even listen to the government. And it's like, why are red lights? Like, why do I need to stop a red light? I didn't mm-hmm. sign up for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Social like, contract. It's just a weird thing where it's just like, so just because I was born here, I need to like listen to these rules. It's a good thing the rules exist. But I often think about that. I'm like, all right, it is a good thing. But why am I forced to do it without wanting to? Mm-hmm. And it's like, is that why we work though? And I start going down that path and I don't have any answers. Well, the idea, so, what you're talking about is the social contract. That is a... an, an just a thing like an amorphous kind of thing saying like you agree tacitly whether you want to or not to obey the laws and go to jury duty and shit like you know whatever it is mm-hmm. like jury duty um but like I, i'm interested with, with with tim with this specifically like do you think let's just ask specific questions yeah should the government have a large standing military <laughs> so here's the thing. I feel like I have answers, but then they're answers that have absolutely nothing to back it up. So then it's like someone could easily change my opinion on it so fast if they just gave me any insight, really. What is your first it's like, should they have a mil- – yeah. A large other standing people. military. Because other countries have – you can call up like reserves and stuff, but we have a, a very strong standing military. I mean, I feel like a standing military is like you need that or else you're just getting a bunch of random dudes. Mm. Yep. You don't want these flabby f- folks out there. Not yeah, trained. like I don't want us to I agree with him on this one. That'd be bad. Do you Standing th- military. Do you think the well, government... I wouldn't be because I'm way too old. Yeah, yeah I mean, you we're, guys we're past the age. Although, you're, if, you, if a massive they, world war came out, we would all fight. Uh, oh, man, I would I would gladly go fight if it was something that was a good cause, but I'm 35. They would not take me, <laughs> I don't think. No, well, they might, depending on how no, crazy it was. Depending on um, how deep down the offer the line had to go. Do you think that the government should give the less fortunate money? See, this is something... That I have thought a lot about, and it kind of bothers me that we create situations where we favor certain people over others. But this is one of those things where, as I've learned recently many times, as a straight white male, 
I have mm-hmm. very a warped perception, and I'll never understand other perceptions. So therefore, I'm speaking from a point. I don't want to say of privilege. I don't want to say of not privilege. Just from a point that isn't the other points. So I'm not those people. We're gonna do so good in this debate. This is it's gonna be so good. <laughs> I mean, this is was perfect, this is literally was like the worst scenario for me, where I just I'm just not informed on this shit. Um, I feel that question's too vague. I, I think we. I mean, I would. We would need to go case specifically, by case. not case by case, in terms of like literally every everybody trying to apply for Section Eight housing. But I mean, like, I mean, this is one of those things where I, the reason I, I kind of went down that rabbit hole is because I'm connecting this to other issues that I've spoke about with people recently, where I. It always bothered me that, like, schools needed to have this many Asian people, this many, like, people from Mexico. This, like, all like all these, like, random, like, weird things where it's just, like, this many people that lived in this district. Like an like, affirmative action kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And like, all that stuff. I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, people, just let people be equal. Like, it should be a merit thing completely. Like, if, you, if, you're, if you're getting into a, mm. a good school... It should be because you're good. Mm. And it's just like, that's kind of my stance on it, where I'm just like, put your blinders on. None of that information matters. That checkbox, male or female, does not matter for what we're talking about here. Like, if you're applying for a job, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man. You're applying for a job. But then it's like, all right, I can't say any of that because... No, but you can't. But you're allowed to because, and here's why, and I'll back you on this, because you, you strike me as the kind of person that doesn't let anything stand in your way of your success. And that is a different mentality to what Colin's talking about or Colin's sort of eliciting from you, which is there's, you know, there is the more conservative take on things, which is like you should get what you earn. And if you can't earn it, you don't deserve it. Right. Versus a more liberal stake, which is we should the more fortunate should help the less fortunate and therefore uplift the entire society. Right. And and and. I don't know that you can be it's it's very dangerous and I think what you're what you're talking about is very dangerous to talk in generalities when you talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the second the more general you speak, the easier it is for someone to come at you with a harsh criticism that you can't defend. Yeah, um, comments. Um you know, economy, I think you and I are very similar in that. I err on the side of of uh, being more conservative than not most of the time. You know, socially I'm very liberal. Um uh, Me too. But as far as uh, finances are concerned, as far as money is concerned, I'm very conservative. Um, it strikes me as hilarious when you watch people like Chris Christie enter the race where he has so it's, it's such interesting and, and polarizing views on a lot of different things. Um, and that that's that's one of my biggest problems with politics in general, especially when you start talking about politics, is that um, when people – well, let me back up. In regards to government, it's dangerous when you start talking – when you, when you, when you start – taking on these issues because largely when you talk about governments when they're doing something wrong right yeah. how often in your life do you think god i'm so damn excited that this road i'm driving down is smooth right you don't think that you're like god damn there's a pothole in this road where the fuck are my tax money where's my tax money going and so it's it's difficult because you know i think there are a lot of departments in the government that are bloated and and and, and bureaucracy doesn't run well um but we never take a second to be like what actually does work in this country mm, you know point. what does work um having said that you know, I think we spend way too much money on the military. I think we spend way too much money on a lot of social programs. And I don't think there's a space lot of... Space travel? No, we don't spend that nearly enough throwback. money on space travel. It's a long time ago, That's last true. time the internet hit me. Damon bust through the wall. Yeah, exactly. Like, how dare you? Um, I think, like anything, we just... With any organization that's that big, it's just so hard to scrutinize and really have control over where every dollar is going, right? And that, and also I think the bigger problem politically is that we just have... The, the way our system's set up is that it incentivizes politicians to stay in power, 
right? And that's that's a big problem. When when a politician is more concerned with getting reelected than they are with actually uh, forcing social change, that's a that's a systemic problem. That's an issue. That's a huge issue that we face every day, every year, or every every year. Excuse me, every day. Um, especially when it comes to the, the president. You know, it's the, it's the most powerful position on the planet, and a year into the presidency, they're they're already starting to plan their reelect campaign. Right? It's like what the, what are you going to do? You, you, how are you going to be effective? Yeah, term limits. Yeah. I don't, you know, um, so it's difficult. You know, I, I, I listen to you talk. You, you, you do sway me a lot often when you, when you speak, cause you, you make a lot of sense. Um, but you look and you just, our priorities are so damn far out of whack, especially for this country, especially a country that's supposed to be the leader in the world. Oftentimes it's hard to just tackle any of these issues. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, again, I don't want to interject myself too much into it, but it's like the, because I'm kind of curious where you guys stand on these issues. But yeah, I, I, when I was thinking about this question, I was like, this is a fundamental question that can elicit a lot of information out of a person about how they feel politically, even if they really don't know how they feel politically. I think less government is more government. I think that like less government is a great thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that more, most fundamentally, and I think this is maybe where my historical knowledge and my, my appreciation of history comes in, is that it is also an homage to the way it's supposed to be. This country wasn't made to morph into something else entirely. This country is a constitutional republic made predicated on the same set of rules that we were predicated on in 1783 so it's that's the kind of like that that is the difference between what they call strict construction and loose construction mm-hmm. um strict being you know the constitution is not a living document which means that you can rewrite it or reinterpret it um sorry i think i said chris christie i think i meant ted cruz you ted cruz is probably that's what but chris meant, christie will enter the race yeah um chris christie is my dude i mean i, I like chris christie but you know the, the one thing that frustrates me because you were talking about roads and all these kinds of things this is the one of the thing where I, I get really mad and where people interject themselves into po- political conversations they really have no business in because they don't really know what they're talking about is when people are like oh you don't like when I, whenever I say complain about taxes like mm-hmm. inevitably fucking inevitably roads. whenever I complain about taxes they say two things oh you don't like the police you don't want the police and the fire department and you don't want the roads and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about when someone's complaining about the income tax, they're complaining generally about the federal income tax, which doesn't pay for your roads and certainly doesn't pay for your police department or fire department. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, when someone makes these, like, steps out and starts making these kinds of arguments, like, you just don't even know what you're talking about. You know? Like, don't even talk because mm-hmm. you don't have any idea what you're saying. What does that pay for? The fe- Most of the federal gov- federal income tax, you include FICA, goes to Social Security, Medicare, and the military. Yeah. And then, like... Well, isn't, and, this a, isn't it, like, 50% goes to the military? It's, a, it's a very high number. Our military is... Is cost as much as the next ten militaries combined, including China's and Russia's and everything. That's it. That's just, um, hey, there's a reason you're drinking that coffee. Why? Because freedom. That's not. <laughs> have you forgotten? You, I don't think you can equate uh, the farming of coffee in third world countries to freedom. I'm pretty sure this is not fair trade. And that's and that's where like Starbucks. I think people kind of lose sight of things. And this is a very liberal kind of thing where they lose sight of what really costs money, which are the social programs. That's why I asked um, Tim if he believes in just the fundamental. It, like fundamentally, do you believe the government should be giving like transferring f- wealth, right? And my my answer to that is sometimes it's okay. Sure, I believe, for instance, in unemployment insurance because you pay for it. That's what a lot of people don't realize is like you are paying for unemployment insurance. When people like, so I remember someone saying a long time ago, being like, "Oh, you well, so you wouldn't take unemployment?" And I'm like, "No, I paid it for it, so yeah, I will take it." It's the same way I feel about well, Medicare and Social people, Security. Yeah, people equate unemployment to welfare. Exactly, but it's not. It's synonymous. It's not. It's an insurance policy that you paid, paid for. Yeah. And I don't believe that it should be extended indefinitely. Like what B- Obama and the, Senate and the Congress did after the fall in 2008 or whatever. Like they just extended. Some people were getting unemployment for like two and a half or three years. That's yeah. too much. Like that's a step too far. A half a year, get back on your feet, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. You paid for it. Yeah. 
Um, but it's the same way I feel about Social Security and Medicare. I don't believe fundamentally Social Security and Medicare should exist. Like, well, they uh, won't. Uh, they uh, won't for a long time. Uh, so don't worry about it. But they exist, and I've been paying for them. So like, sure. I'm just being yeah, honest. I'm saying screwed. like, I will. I, if like they exist, I will take from them because I fucking paid for them. I mean, sure. a lot of people say Ayn Rand, for instance, who's like a the arch libertarian, w- like got Social Security, but she paid for it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like it's a different thing to say. Like, yeah, Social Security is more like things. a 401k, right? Where you're well, actually, no. Well, the way Social Security, the way Social Security works is that you we are currently paying for the people that are currently getting it, right? Isn't that how that works? Yeah, it's supposed it's a, it's a trust fund based on what you put the money in that the people take out. And it's then, sort of like a pension. People, it's your sort of like kids, a pension fund for exactly. government workers. It's just not right? going to work. Yeah, it's not going to work. Um, it's going to go bankrupt. So Whatever. it's just I I fundamentally these people are living too goddamn long. And this is why I pre- kill the old people. Well, that's Am a I right. That's nice a centennial man. So now we're making sense. Just putting it out there by killing the old people. Yeah, for Kevin. Oh 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 well that he, you know, that makes sense to Kevin. Circle. But that's the thing. Kevin's eyes just burnt up. Dead bodies. Even talking about raising the retirement age is like a third rail. Like you don't do it, and that infuriates me because that's absurd. It is absurd because everyone's like, "Let's raise it eighteen months or something like that," and I'm like, "Let's raise it ten fucking years." First of all, first of all, show of hands, and I, I I love the idea of retirement. We're in a different world than most people because we can continue to do this job and derive pleasure and grow with it for the rest of our lives. Like we are, for all intents and purposes, you know, Greg, you're you're the front runner on this, but you are getting paid to show up and be yourself yeah. and like do you ever see a point in your life where you're not going to want to do that maybe but for the most part if you're wildly successful at it you're probably going to want to keep doing it until the day you physically can't do it anymore right and I want to keep show doing this and even then you're going to make a couple more movies yeah why not I mean I, 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 I've said it before but I read a lot about cinematographers right and cinematographers have this crazy tendency to never quit and, and they stay sharp because the job demands it, right? And so you'll see these guys like uh, Roger Deakins or like Bill Pope or any of these – like the older cinematographers who were like – I'm forgetting like the oldest one. It doesn't matter. Um, the guy that was the Godfather is like really old, right? Or well, he died unfortunately, Gordon oh. Willis. But he was old. He, he he kept shooting until well into his I think 70s or 80s. And then these guys just keep going because they love it. And to them, they don't need to work anymore. And they can just they, but they they do. They keep getting the jobs. I'm like, I'm not gonna turn this down because I fought so hard to carve this out for myself that I'm never gonna let it go. Um, so it, it kills me that I just don't think about retirement as a thing. I don't ever like. God forbid. I hope I never have to retire because to me, retirement is synonymous with no longer having that sort of ambition or goal in my life. Synonymous and, with the end and fillet of fish sandwiches. And, and I'm in for that. And though. jorts. Yeah, and shorts, and right. jean shorts. Yeah, uh, sounds kind of awesome. So I think the answer, the answer we like, and this is what I appreciate. And to like to my point about people talking about things they don't understand, I try to withdraw from conversations generally, unless I'm trying to annoy someone that I don't that I don't understand. Right? Sure. We had that example when Adam Cecil was on. You guys were talking about comics, and I just stayed silent for the entire thing until the end when you guys asked me like questions that I could answer. Um, there's a problem, I think, and why I respect wait, the way you guys, especially Tim, where he doesn't want to talk about because he feels like he doesn't understand it, is that some people can take a hint from that you know what i mean like do your like your due diligence and work and understand what you're talking mm-hmm. about and then we can have a rational conversation because i can have a rational conversation all day about the income tax and in fact there 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 are people out there very smart people that would be able to convince me or not convince me no one's gonna change my mind on that but like can make a good point on why something like that should exist but when i put something out there and everyone's like do you like your roads it's like do you have any idea what the fuck you're talking about do you like your right even a little bit right <laughs> because like I believe in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, states' rights, states can tax you all they want. I have a problem with the federal government taxing you and, and, and that kind of stuff. So, like, there's a nuance to it that can only be appreciated when you step back and understand the situation as it is mm-hmm. and not just talk. And that's what a lot of people do is just, they just fucking talk. Know what you don't know. 
Mm. Yeah, and know that Stay there are things better. that you don't know. You don't know. That's an even. I always say that. That's a more important thing. Well, and I think. I think the, the especially hard too when, when a lot of people. A lot of people like to have severe negative reactions to things. Right? People like that. They derive some sort of validation and pleasure from it. And it's very dangerous when you see a headline or you watch Fox News, and the sky is falling all of a sudden, and you just jump on that bandwagon. And it can be very addicting, right? A lot of people like that. They like to feel political by just respouting something out they read or they heard and they think they're informed and it's not because oftentimes these are these are incredibly complex issues right and politicians have to boil them down into one-liners because that's how they have to communicate them to people because let's, even... let's be honest most people don't give a fuck and they don't really want to pay attention no and i'm, I'm also going to set up it's politicians so you understand the issues too the 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 big thing to me is that you know i just you know i just get so mad about the way people talk about politics and so i have a i have a deep appreciation for the way you guys talk about it in the sense that it's a little more reserved i've put in the time and effort to understand it and so i talk about it like i do because i fucking do well it's, so a, it, it's a passion for you exactly yeah and but, let's be clear let's also be clear about a couple other points right when when we say we're, like when i say things like our military is too big and things like that i am in no way should perform criticizing our military no, I, right? I, I, if I, you I are if you are if you are currently in the military watching this we all of us i think unanimously appreciate what you're doing for this country um same with the police same with uh the fire department any 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 service of that nature yeah i mean um, I, don't, I don't feel the personally I, I i i think that's inherent you shouldn't that's the fear culture, right? That's taking over. Mm-hmm. Not you, but just generally where it's like you have to say that. Of course, we're not criticizing men in, in, in uniform. Right. We're saying that the military is fucking massive. Massive. And, and it's it in doesn't places need... of the world that it does not necessarily No, it's it's, it's a legacy. We're in South Korea. We're in Japan. Yeah. We're in Germany. And Think so about right. all the places we fought in, in you know, we're in the, in, in the, you in know, Cuba, in the Middle Turkey, East. Cuba, we're in you know. Yeah, it's just like we don't need, like, to me, it's like not even about uniformed military men. It's about, like, like let's just go to a more isolationist the way we I'm gonna, supposed I'm gonna, to be. I'm going to float this at you. Thing. I mean, where where should we have military? In the United States. That's it. That's it. Yep. So you don't think we should have any, we should shut down all of our foreign bases. Yes. And pull back from the Middle East completely. Yes. Here's the thing about this, right? And this is. I'm not this saying is, this being technical. I have to of, agree with you on this. And this is kind of a, like a, a kind of an aggressive thing to say, but this is the way I feel. If there's some reason in the future, there's some future war, and we have to go back to Europe. Guess what? No one's gonna stop us. Yeah, we have so the like, best we air can, force. We can, like we can, we'll we'll take what we need, and we'll and but like we have, we're in Ramstein and all these places in Germany as a legacy of World War II. It's fucking over. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're in Japan, all the they, the Japanese do not want us there. We still you know live there, and like we are still, and we are still there. There's tens of thousands of, of Americans in Japan that are not wanted there, and like it's not that they're like tourists; it's not like they live there. Yeah, and like they're just it's. I understand staying there in the 50s and 60s, like that makes sense, but like eventually the occupation must end. So it's like when people are like, "Well, what if something happens in the Middle East and we have to go back to Iraq?" It's like, first of all, we probably shouldn't be sticking our nose in Iraq. If we really need to go back there, guess what? Like we can probably make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and think about the money that you save. But I think in the, that, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the meantime, but you know, the, and the lives that you save. The issue is everyone. I mean, I think a lot of people know that we don't necessarily need to be there. But there is that fear, that culture of fear, where we're like, "What if? What if? Take what our if, eyes off them. What if? You know? What if Iran uh, fires at the nuclear program? They don't disarm like they're supposed to, and like all of a sudden they start threatening nuclear war with their well, neighbors, Israel will right? take care of them before we even have to worry about it. That's um, that's the other thing we like, we're, we don't think about with that. Right. I mean, and, and then there's you know we've got we've got Russia breathing down the neck. Everyone's worried about oh, we're going to lose lose. Uh, uh, any sort of gains that we've had in the, since the Cold War and Russia's going to just come steamroll and start start taking over lands again, things like that. But at the same time, my thought is beat them with the economy. Beat them where, where it matters most, right? In their pockets. Like, pull out everywhere we don't need to be. Take all that money and for the love of God, invest it in some sort of alternative fuel source 
that could make this com- this country thrive again and be world power again. I'm not force the one world power, but force field. a big be force dope. field um, that couldn't touch us. But I think so much of it, and, and this is, again, this is where my education starts to falter a little bit on the subject, but I think so much of it is driven by fossil fuels, is driven by oil, is driven by the fact that we are so still dependent yeah. on that or feel that we need to be dependent on that. Well, the Middle East, certainly. I mean, I, yeah. I don't think it'd be any more obvious. The, 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 I just feel like we are too in everyone's business that we don't give ourselves enough credit that if, like, after like we were an isolationist country, like a straight up isolationist country until World War Two. We got into World War One like very late in the League of Nations and all that shit. But like we mobilized after Pearl Harbor, and it took us time to like get into the group. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Everyone forgets that we didn't fight the Nazis for almost four years after Pearl Harbor. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it was like it took us time. We had to deal with Japan first, and we went to Europe. The point is, is that if we have to fight, that those were existential wars, right? The Japanese attacked us. The Germans had declared war in the United States. And things could have gone differently, but they didn't. And those were the most existential wars we've ever fought, with the exception of the Civil War. Right. And we still figured it out, and we won. You know? We did that with a military that wasn't all over the world. And with a military that wasn't, like, on, the, and, but, on its feet. And, it was a, and, and that is the greatest generation, and that was the beginning of the war machine that we have now. And we can still maintain the war machine. We just have to have respect, I think, for other, other countries' uh, sovereign status, and also... The respect for the people in those countries and the respect for ourselves that, like, World War II is over. If you're worried about Ramstein going away and then something happens where NATO has to get involved in Europe again because the Russians do something, we'll just go back. Like, it's not a big deal. They're, the Germans aren't going to say no. You know? Like, well, also, we're here it's to help. It's a different world than it was back then, too. There's a world economy now, and it doesn't behoove any of us to go out of business, per se, you know? Like, no one's... I know... Do you, I, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people are going to be wanting to start shit with us. Anytime no, I don't think soon. Don't they're think not going works. to because they're Similar not going to, to we're win. We're not going to want to start shit with China ever. No, we're but not going to win that. So why is that even a thing? That's the thing is like like, and that's the thing is like, people won't. Start they fund shit with everything. They own everything anyway in the United States right now. That's true. I mean, we owe them a lot of money, but yeah. like we, China's economy is also very fragile. Here's the fact of the matter: is like no one's going to mess with NATO and no one's going to mess with the United States. They're not going to win. So like. They're just not going to win. Mm. If there's one thing the United States has and Western Europe has shown in, in World War II and stuff, it's just incredible willpower. And we had all these stupid fights in Southeast Asia and stuff in Korea and, and Vietnam and stuff, but that we totally had no business and we lost. We haven't won a war since World War II because we haven't fought a war that was worth fighting since right. World War II because we had no will to or fight. A war that war. was winnable. Um, How we won the war on terror. Yeah, right. Mission accomplished. Yeah, that one. That one. Yeah, it's, everything's great. Knocked right out of the park. Um, Syria and Iran, Libya, everything's good over there. Yeah, ISIS, great, uh, great guys. ISIS. But uh, glad they they came about. So back back on the t- topic, like to me, the answer of what, what how much government is too much government is it's not a, a question of conservatism or liber- liberalism, which I think a lot of people think it is. It's about like specifically with a scalpel figuring out like what makes sense and what doesn't. Yeah, but and see, I've often, like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. How are people going to ever do that though? And that's the thing. We can do that sitting here, but it's so it just seems like in Washington it's impossible to affect change. It just it just doesn't happen. It's impossible it, because of gridlock. Yeah, but that's that the problem that you have to solve that, right? And sure. I think I think the base issue there is that people just they don't necessarily want to make decisions that change things. Because if you you know if you do that, then you put yourself on a limb, and you have to fight make it. Enemies. And someone's just going to come in and veto it, or they're going to knock it down, or it's going to get it's not going to get pushed to Congress, it's not going to push this. It's never going to happen. Like all, all these things, or or they tax so many goddamn uh, extra shit on top of bills that it just weighs it down. Yeah, the pork is out of control. The I mean the the pork barrel spending. Pork is things you add onto a bill, mm. like just random things. Like you, you pass a farm bill and you have like a bridge on there somewhere that someone's going to pay for it too. That's called pork. Um, the The fact is, is that you have to like people. I was curious about you guys' answers to this question, just in the sense that what makes the most sense, and not to put yourself in like pigeonhole yourself into like, well, sure. I'm this way, and therefore everything has to be this way. 
I believe in a small government. I also believe that the government, as I've said before, should fund the arts and should fund space travel and should fund things yeah. that like make us a society. Well, also things that define us. And they're cheap. That's the other thing everyone forgets. Everyone's like, oh, what about the roads? It's like, hey, just close all those bases down overseas and you can pave every fucking road in the United yeah, States. Five times. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, so how, it's like San Francisco then. That's how that's like how expensive like what we're doing over so, there is. And people don't have a, a like a relative knowledge and understanding of like what that means. That like having a base with thirty thousand troops in it is not the same as paving a road. That like one requires, you know, quartermastering basically, like like logistics and all these kinds of things. And the other requires just paving a fucking road for a very nominal fee. Um, so for me, it's like, you know, like protect your parks and do all those kinds of things. Anyway, I was just curious. I never, I, when I was thinking about that the other day, I'm like, I don't, I know how Greg feels. And I think I've had a pretty heavy influence on Greg, but like, I don't know how you guys necessarily felt about it. And I thought that the most appropriate way to approach it was to be like, what, how much is too much government? And that basically pigeonholes you at least in a place on the diagram where you can then like kind of work your way out. Because if someone asked me, if someone asked me only social questions, Mm -hmm. they would think I was a Democrat, but I'm not. I think you're a hardcore liberal. But I'm not. I'm not a Democrat. Same with me, though. I mean, if you ask me, like, should the government pay for it? And obviously, it's all subjective. We're all different people in different parts of our life. Like, people that are watching, some are well off. Some people are just leaving college, don't, don't have any money. Some people have been in business for years and are doing baller. Um, baller. You know, you ask me questions like, you know, how much, what should the government pay for? And the first thing that I that pops in my mind is healthcare. I think we should have universal healthcare. I think it's deplorable that healthcare in this country is in the current state that it is. And we quote unquote have Obamacare, but we all know for, from, I mean, it was an interesting eye-opening experience leaving a corporation that gave us healthcare and getting a healthcare policy that really doesn't cover shit and costs a ton of money, you know, relatively speaking per month. Like you guys probably haven't had to use it yet. I used my dental. It worked. Yeah, it works. It worked. Oh, good. I had a 30, I had a $30 copay, but it worked. That's I got my bill yesterday. It didn't work. I got to call them. Yeah. So, um, you got to be really, really careful because, because these policies that look great on the onset, which are part of this Obamacare movement, don't really cover a lot of things. And you can't really find the right doctors for a lot of things. And this is a really interesting experience. Whereas it shouldn't be that way. Like the number one thing you shouldn't have to worry about is if you're sick, you shouldn't have to worry about how um, you're going to get better and who's going to take care of you. Because that's – and the fact that that is a market that's that's basically another free market where people are allowed to um, – bill you for every single thing when you're fucking dying i think is deplorable personally speaking and that's someone i can afford it i can afford things we we don't we're not dying we're we're not we're living relatively well as far as you know the support we've gotten from our community and what we're able to pay ourselves but at the same time it just is terrible to me that we have the world's biggest largest standing military on the planet we've got the best air force we've got all these best things and we've got the fucking worst healthcare, the worst yeah it's uh it's funny because that's another good example of like because I'm a conservative, people would assume that I'm against universal health care. And the fact is, is I'm against it because I don't think it can work. I'm not against it on a principled level. I used to actually be really against it on a principled level. Where I'm like, I don't think the government should be involved in this at all. But as I've thought more about it as the years have passed, especially since Obamacare passed in 2009, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching that Obamacare vote. I watched it like on C-SPAN Live happening. It was on, And I remember being like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, like, mm-hmm. I, like this is bad, not because... I don't believe in like what they're doing, but they you can't take a half step, which is what they did. They're basically saying like, well, we're going to use the private companies to give healthcare to everyone, and that doesn't work. So I'm not against the government doing that. I'm just I don't think that it can work. 
It's the same thing with the military, where it's like we're talking about the military being all over the world. It's like I'm not against the military being wherever they want to be. It's just like, does that make any sense? Yeah, you know what I mean, like that's like that's exactly. So it's just like on a case by case kind of basis. Anyway, I don't want to bore everyone. I I just I just thought you know that would be an interesting kind of off color topic. Um, the serious topics, come yeah, the, and to talk about because I, I like talking about those things, and I, I, mm-hmm. I, I like. I also think it gives you know we got a lot of um, we have a lot of foreign viewers that I think Boy. that you know from Western Europe, from Australia, from Eastern Europe, from South America, wherever, where they they don't they don't think about or talk about American politics, and I like to try to give them a little insight into like the, why I feel a certain way because I kind of feel like a, a Republican or a Democrat or cartoon characters to foreign to yep. foreigners because of things like the Daily Show and stuff where it's like well you have the fucking bleeding hearts and you have the fucking you know rednecks and, that, yeah, and it's like well that's not really but, the way it is but they are cartoon characters and here's why you know i, I heard a news uh ted cruz just announced his candidacy right yeah great and um you know guess what the first three things that came that i heard this is going to the news clip that someone clipped out and chose to, it was npr chose to to share this with the world but he says the the following and i'm paraphrasing america's ready for truth america's ready for honesty and america's ready for change how many fucking times have you heard that from a politician? Every single time it's the same shit and it never changes. So, of course, that you're going to look at it from an outside view perspective. You're going to look in and go, these guys are fucking crazy. Yeah. Bring something new to the table. Over and over again. Like it's love. Never, nothing no, ever changes. 2016. I'll tell you one thing right now. Yeah. No one's run on love. No one. Because everyone's afraid of it. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of love. I love you. I love you. I love all you guys. Good. I love Kevin. I love his little nasty fetishes. I love everything about him. To the uh, to your point, I think what it's going to take to change that is, uh, and we almost had in '92 was uh, a person completely outside the two parties winning the, uh, the president. Perot, Perot, and and Perot got close. And if he and if he played his cards right that summer, he would have won. And that's and that's because people have that's the thing that we always forget about. Like we act like the two party system is like people have been disenchanted with the two party system forever. In fact, the founders didn't want parties at all. Yeah, and didn't really fundamentally realize that like by not having a party. The original two parties were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists because it was basically like the, the Federalists and then just the people that were not the Federalists. Mm-hmm. And that is the beginning of the two-party system. Um, so it was just a fundamental thing of any republic has parties. It's just that we only have two. Now, some people look at that as we have more than that, but those are the two major parties. But it's always been a problem. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take someone from the outside to shake it up. Yeah, but how will they be effective? If Perot had been put, if Perot were running right now and he got, he got elected, would he be able to affect any change? Probably not because of Congress. And, right. and that, But people That's also have to problem. understand that the Senate specifically was designed to be slow and to fucking stop everything from happening. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a bicameral legislature. That's 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 an intentional thing. Otherwise, we would just have a people's house, which we have, but we ha- it, is, it is offset by what was supposed to be representatives of each state, which then were just elected officials anyway. People forget that, too. Senators stay were in power forever. <laughs> well, senators were uh, originally appointed by the state governments. So like they were it was supposed to be like a people's house and then the houses that represent state interests. And then eventually the Senate just became another house mm-hmm. with just longer terms. Anyway, um, yeah, I like talking about those kinds of things. I would talk about that kind of stuff all the time. But it's always nice for me to, as, to know for you guys to get a little insight into the way you feel. And to give people out there a little insight into the way we feel, too. Because I don't want us to, or me, to come off as a co- cartoon character to people that may, might not know our system well or, or just hear me in ter- terms of my tweets and stuff like that. But to get a, a deeper understanding of the things that frustrate me and the, the ways that government can and cannot work. And I, it's funny because I consider myself a Republican and a Libertarian. But it's the fact of the matter is I kind of just chart my own course. And I and I, I encourage everyone to do that as well. A pro, you, you will hear very few Republicans be like, let's give money to artists. Yeah, you know, very true. few Republicans be like, let's, let's increase Natchez's budget 10 times. You know what I mean? Or because it's not necessarily about the money. It's about how you're spending it. Mm-hmm. And man, if you cut that military budget in half and you raise the retirement age 10 years, you're going to have a fucking surplus of money. And if you're really smart, 
you'll do that and keep taxes at the same level and pay down the fucking debt. Which, yeah. by the way, is almost $20 trillion. $20 trillion. Now, to put that into context for you guys, the government takes in about 3 or $3.5 trillion a year. Mm-hmm. And, so and, and, the and they're still the spending decade. more than that. And we owe $20 trillion on top of it. Mm-hmm. And we have no water. This goes in... Yeah, we have no water Fuck. in California. This goes into another topic, which we'll get to in a while. We touch on it every once in a while. How deeply and fundamentally fucked we are. It's, a, it's something that I'd like really like to talk about. Like, it's and, a good and, one. And the fact that like why like it's not a, an apocalyptic thing or anything it's just like what is the real reality of like the situation we should talk about that one day mm-hmm. about like what is the reality of having no money about being like a, you know about being Rome basically when it's falling which is basically what we are right now mm-hmm. and Nero's just fiddling everything and Rome is on fire yeah yeah it's another topic for another day another day Tim yes take us home alright this is a, a good topic right after that topic good in the sense that I am not Informed on all of that stuff at all, which is why I'm not a good uh, public figure to a lot of people. It's just like I should not be some someone in a position of power. You're my hero. I shouldn't be. And, you know, I feel like not necessarily all of us should be in positions of power. No one man should have all that power. Great man once said, "The great man, of course, Kanye West." Um, my story is about please this thing ever, called even even in jest say that again, huh? I said in jest, please don't ever say that again. Say what? That Kanye West is a great man. In jest, great he's man. saying. He's a great man. Please great don't even man. be sarcastic about no. that. Someone's going to believe you. No one man should have all that power. Oh, my God. So, Instagram, right? Yeah. It's porn. You know, we, we're... It is porn. We've talked about all that stuff. There's that was before great... I used it, and I didn't understand it. And then when I started clicking on the little magnifying glass and seeing what you fuckers look at on Instagram, I was like, oh, yeah, this is porn. Yeah, it is porn. <laughs> it is porn. There's a great Instagram uh, account that I recently started following called Cash Cats going to it it's just cats with cash around them sometimes there's guns it's really funny (laughs) it's the fucking best um but anyways going back to what i'm saying is it's like this week i learned something really interesting about my life and uh the position i've been given okay um i was with my girlfriend and we're just sitting there and she like was like on her phone she looked at instagram she's like oh i have 15 likes on this picture and she like seemed really happy about it and it shocked me woman well, it shocked me because I was like, I didn't think you were the type of person that would give zero fucks about that. And she's not, like, in the grand scheme of it. Like, she's not someone that's, like, taking pictures of shit and, like, trying to get all this, like, attention and stuff. But, like, she did care that, like, the thing that she did got 15 likes. And I was so, like, shocked that she cared that she kind of called me out on it. She's like, oh, I'm sorry I'm not you getting, like, a million likes on everything. And I was just like, it hit me that, like, we live in a fucked up world that anything I do is going to be seen by a lot of people. That's weird. Yeah. And that's like, that's a scary thought. So I was talking to her. I was like, yeah, I could literally take a picture of my shit and post it and get 300 likes. And she's like, yeah, well, that's kind of funny though. So you, you know, that, that goes along with you guys. Like that's, that's almost cheating. I'm like, fine. You're right. That's true. I can take a car the, accident I was like, photo. I can take a picture of these knives on the wall. And like, we're just sitting there. There's like this fucking magnetic knives. And I'm just like, I can take a picture of this and get 300 likes. And she was just like, I, Yeah. I think you could. I'm like, actually, and then I started thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I could. You could. That's, that's I what like, I was going to say. Is I, I, I mean, sorry, continue. Well, you did it. Though, well, I was like, that's point. a lot of, like, that's a lot of likes. And then we started like, I was like, maybe a hundred. I get hundred. She's like, no, you can't go back on this. You can't go back on this. I'm like, all right, fine. 
And then we started looking at my Instagram. She's like, you only have 21 posts. I'm like, yeah, Instagram's kind of a big joke mm-hmm. with us. Like, I don't really use it, but everyone asks me how it's to crazy use it. crazy you blah, know exactly blah. how to use it and you won't tell anyone. Exactly. If you guys don't know how to exactly. use Instagram out there, please tweet at Tim Geddes and ask him how to use it because he won't share that knowledge with anyone. And I'm getting tired of it. I, for exactly. one, am getting tired of it. Exactly. Greg's so looking at the picture right now. Right so... Last like, we, that picture too. There, there yes, is there is. So, so then what happened is I took the picture. I just right. liked it no filter. Like we, we decided no filter and no caption. Now the best thing about this is we started looking through my twenty one pictures and all of them didn't have that many likes. Like the my most successful ones have like six hundred or something. Mm-hmm. Average is, you know, closer to two hundred. So it's like it's not like I can easily get three hundred. But yeah, we are now at 323 likes. Good for you. For no explanation this for a picture p- which Kevin, you need that we need to show this picture. Let me see it. It's a picture of two knives, like a butter knife as well, like a, a spreading knife and then a ladle. Mm-hmm. So, imagine my react her reaction when we're sitting there and I do this and instantly there's like 23 likes and comments start coming in and she's just like this is garbage. Like, this is fucking bullshit. And it totally was. The next day we got 300 and it was just like, I can't believe this. But the funniest thing to me was the comments. Mm-hmm. The essentials, someone says. I've never been first before, Tim Geddes. Keep up the awesome work. Funny thing, he wasn't first. No one ever is. Anybody <laughs> who says first, it's so rare that they're actually first. Wow. Are you sure you're the pure one? Magnets. How do they work? Mm. Should I be worried Conundrum. going on a spree of some kind soon? What's this? Mmm, sexy ladle. <laughs> <laughs> the ladle's what caught my eye, I gotta be honest. Yeah, that is an odd thing to have on a knife strip. A ladle. Yeah, are you using a ladle that much? Or what the hell are you using it for? Like, she make a soup? Lord, if, Lord yeah. if I fucking know. You trying to cut steak with a ladle? freak nasty <laughs> meals. We got let Tim roast. We got all this stuff, oh, right? But then, but then we get a couple that are like, cooking show. And that's when I realized, I was like, wow. Anything we do, people are going to dig into and try and to read find into it. reason into. Yeah. Nice. And I'm just like, oh, God. And they don't realize how little reason there is. That's my thing. Generally like, in I, this organization. You know, I've known my life is dumb for a long time. But, like, this was one of those moments where I was like, uh-oh. I really need to rethink things sometimes. And just make sure that I'm putting stuff out there and not affecting people the wrong way. Because, like, holy shit. This was just a dumb picture of knives. But, like, what if I did something that was a joke and people took really seriously? And I don't know. It's just well, see, I don't, I don't know if people see it as, as taking it seriously or not, but I think people look to us for some monochrome of entertainment in mm-hmm. their life, right? So when we post something, there's a deeper meaning to it because we are trying to put ourselves out there as, as influencers or, or, or personalities than the average person. And so, you know, that's that's what weighs on me, too, is Colin's always like, Nick, you got to tweet more, you got to tweet more, you got to tweet more. Well, I tweet when I think of something that I think would be funny for people to read and interact with. And then and there's so many instances where I'll go to tweet something and it, I'm like, this is not funny. No, no. Delete it. And then no, there's I'll so many like, times when you I'll tell like, me something, you're like, you're like, Tim, like, should I tweet this? And I'm like, yes. And you're like, really? I'm like, yes. And then you don't tweet it. Yeah. Coward. That's because your idea. Once a day. Yeah, potentially. But I also just yeah. like, I, I, you know, I want people that, that you know, I don't. I, I take I take that follow seriously. Like if someone follows me, that means they they want to hear what I have to say. And to me, that that should come with a certain amount of responsibility. Not a lot of responsibility. Come on, it's just Twitter. But at the same time, like I don't follow people just for the sake of following them. I follow someone that either I think is funny, or uh, or smart, or is is worth the follow for some reason that has to be greater than just um, oh that that person. It, everyone else is following that person, right? I mean, if you look, I only follow like 150 people, um, largely because I want a deeper relationship with that person 
than the occasional seeing 140 characters scroll by in this endless scroll of useless shit that tends to be Twitter most of the time. Um, so, you know, it's funny that you put that picture out as a test, but like, yeah, I wouldn't do that. I like putting things out there that brighten people's days or I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just tweet it. Like, that's my problem with Instagram. I've brightened 324 people's days, Nick. With At least. With that's the, those are the only people that let you know that. Yeah. Um, Hmm. But that's my problem with Instagram is that I don't I don't feel like I can communicate on Instagram Nick, the way I picture, want to communicate. It's worth a thousand words. That picture's uh, worth about fifty words, Tim. Picture's I mean, worth it got a lot. It words. got about fifty words in comments, yeah. which blows my mind. But I mean that's the thing, is that the kind is that the kind of person you want to be there? No, the person I want to be is my follow up post, which was my Woman Crush Wednesday, which was this beautiful picture of Nick. Which got six hundred and forty two likes. Yeah. Now that's a picture worth liking. Yeah. Well, now, every, now everything's different. Here's the thing I want to say about this is that I realized, you know, I'm, I'm a shade under 100,000 Twitter followers now. Mm-hmm. And it's a responsibility as weird as it is that I take somewhat seriously. Like I try, I go on my tangents sometimes, especially with sports where I'm like, I know you guys don't give a fuck. And, and certainly like during, when, when, you know, when mad season starts, when crazy season starts with 20, you know, 2016 election, I'm going to lose thousands of followers probably because I just tweet about it all the time. It's just the way it is. Um, but, you know, just like when Romney was winning, winning I lost like. Every every debate, I lost like hundreds of followers. I'm like, ah, whatever. But I try to, I try, you know, that metric is just a vanity number anyway. I want to connect to people that want to connect to me. So it's not, you can't really focus on the number. But what I've realized recently is that, uh, for instance, because I, you know, as I've said many times, I do, you know, I, I kind of funny vids. If you get a tweet, if you tweeted us, I'm the one who's reading and I'm the one who's responding. Is I actually went through and unfavorited everything that we ever favorited on kind of funny. And I started just responding to everyone. Because I think that we've gotten into this like culture that I don't like very much, mm. where we just go through a picture and we're just like, oh, I see it, like, I see it, favorite, I see it, like, I, you know, and I'm like, nah, it's kind of shallow. Like, that's fine if you if people want to do that, and I, I support that. But like on Facebook and uh, like with my friends or on Twitter with people, I try to answer them and make it more reciprocal, so that like I'm not just putting myself out there, but I'm also getting them back and then giving them something again or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so if you go on my Twitter, if you go on Facebook, I've never liked anything ever. And if you go on on, twi- on our on Twitter, I've never favorited anything either. Mm-hmm. But I do try to make it a habit. I don't I go days at a time without really tweeting at anyone and then I'll just go into my likes and just answer like 50 people mm-hmm. in a row. And I think that that it's that recipro- that reciprocity if you allow it that is the most effective thing about social media and I think something that allows us to grow. Um, and that gives people a, a taste of your own personality as well. And I get really distressed. No one at this table is like this, but I get really distressed when I go to some bigger people that are maybe smaller than us even, um, and they just tweet, 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 but they never answer anyone. And I'm like, well, what's the point of this? It's a little vain, you know? Like that's, and that's all Nick does. And answer people. Well, I that's do answer a, people. But that's yeah, important. That's that, that humanizes him. You know, now now Nick needs to. You both need to tweet more. But like the True. but, but he, he, he has and and his tweets are thought his Pepsi tweet I thought was funny. And and uh, that gets your personality out there, but then it's important to kind of reciprocate when you can. And I so I fundamentally built kind of funny vids social presence on that premise. Mm-hmm. Every message that we get to Facebook, like the private messages, I've answered them. Every person that comments on our wall on Facebook, I've answered them. Every person that tweets at us, that as long as I see it, because sometimes tweets disappear after mm-hmm. twelve hours, I've answered them. Um, and I hope that by doing that, maybe that encourages other people to do the same thing and say like, let's create a discourse that is more than just me putting this here and then you liking it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's that's kind of the thing that I've tried to I've tried to support. So if someone puts a nice picture on Facebook of their kid, or you know someone posts you know something, I'm like, oh, that's very. Ni-. I'll post instead of like. I'll be like, oh, that's nice. I'm giving you a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. You know, you've given me a little bit of time. I'm gonna give you a little bit of time. See, I got I got uh, disenfranchised with Facebook. 
a little bit because I was trying to leave clever comments on people's like posts, specifically Mike Pereira, because Mike Pereira <laughs> does some funny ass shit. He really um, does. He really he's the kids. He's fuck. he's brilliant. But what I didn't realize was that he was tweeting them yeah, and then was choosing like... to share on Facebook and never checking the comments. And then so literally like three months later, he's like. Nick, you know I don't let that, those starts as tweets, right? Those are, I'm not I'm not going back to Facebook and looking at those. I'm like, oh. What's really funny about that is I had that exact same thing with Mike Pereira. Did you? Like, yeah, because for some reason I notice his shit on Facebook a lot more. Yeah, and it's I don't know always why. funny as shit. It's really funny. And I, I usually I do like and I'll comment on this shit on Facebook, but Twitter. Yeah, why do you yeah. guys care so much about I, this I don't NFL think I, referee? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Um, it's, oh. joke for you. I'm sorry. I was just being sad. Fake sad. Fake sad. For the referee? Yeah. I don't what, get the what reference. Happened what happened There's to the a, you know, an officiating expert, former referee named Mike Pereira. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Yeah, he, the Mike Pereira, by the way, I mean, we, Mike Pereira is a character in our lives and he's a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. If you tell 90 out of 100 people in the United States Mike Pereira, they're going to think of the guy from the NFL. Well, they're probably not going to think about the guy that used to write reviews for IGN. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm just video. saying that's a, that's a name. There is a Mike Pereira, a literal Mike Pereira that's a bit, like not, uh, that is not anonymous at all. Okay. That I think it's so so funny. Yeah, that makes sense. So okay. I just think that's funny. I, I, that. I, I, you know, so it's funny that social media has allowed us to interconnect mm-hmm. in an intimate way, but has the unintended consequences many things do. And the unintended consequence is that it's actually deconnected and or disconnected us from mm-hmm. each other. That we think it's a, like, it's the same thing with phones. Like, Tim likes to talk on the phone. That's an old school thing. I fucking hate talking on the phone. So does Greg. I fucking hate it. I hate it, hate it, hate it. And, it's a product of the times that we're so used to, like, immediate gratification about texting and talking personal and stuff like that. And that's kind of ruined it. You know, it's ruined the act of talking mm-hmm. on the phone. When I'm talking on the phone, it's either, like, my family or, like, something fucking terrible has happened. Usually never anything else. And it's the same thing with... I'm going to call you tomorrow just to say No, hi. please don't. You're going to call you. I'll be, you know be here all day. I'm going to call you later I think tonight. you're, like, got in a car accident. Around 8 o'clock, I'm going to call you. Just say hi. Well, if you want see what you're doing how you feeling yeah, hi, how your balls hey how are you what, what's going what can i do for you nothing i'm just calling to say hey hey um what you doing so it's interesting that you put it out, out there uh, as an instagram kind of <laughs> kind of uh, example but i often think about i try to be honored by the fact that anyone gives a shit about what i say mm-hmm. and then that to me is all about reciprocity and i also try to there's a crushing weight to it as well the bigger the bigger in quotes that i get where it's like uh you can't answer everybody I can't answer everyone. I need to, I need to be more mindful. I definitely censor myself a lot more about the things that I say because I try to be real. I think people like me because I'm real. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you guys aren't real. I'm just saying like I say things that are real, like in terms of like things that are incendiary to some people, like politics. Right. And that's just the way I am, and it's never going to change. Um, but I've also even toned that back because I'm like I don't want to deal with. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to feel like maybe people feel like they're isolated or that. I, it's like a lot of people don't understand that like my opinions are my opinions, and it's like I'm friend. Everyone thinks that like every conservative is friends with every other conservative or something like that. Where I'm like, if I if I hated liberals, I would have no family and I'd have no friends. Um, you would sure as shit. My mom wouldn't talk to me. My sisters wouldn't talk to me, and I'd right. have no friends. Um, but uh, you know, so I try. But like, I try to take that into mind that like I try to just put a little more positivity out there. Yeah. Little, things that might, like you said, brighten someone's day, yeah. and then or provoke a thought. And I know, and 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 just on kind of funny vids, answering people's tweets, people just stoked to be noticed sometimes because they don't they live in a more anonymous bubble where because they have a normal job a normal day job normal friends they're getting their normal 15 likes on their picture exactly deal to them and it's so like when when kind of funny when they tweeted kind of funny vids and they have 30 or 40 you know twitter followers who are their real friends and they just kind of go back and forth with each other and they get a twitter a tweet back from someone where they just put it out there and didn't think they were gonna get even though was gonna read it it means something to them it's the same it's the it's the same thing although opposite in a way of like when i tweet something or greg tweet something you just know 
no matter what it is, that someone's going to say something about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a different kind of thing, and I don't want to take that for granted. See, that's that's my thing too. Is when you know, for so long, I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I'm not really into Twitter. I'm not really into Facebook. Like, I don't want to be connected to people that way. I want my work to speak for itself, which is just a doesn't happen anymore. You, I don't think a lot of work can bubble up based on merit alone. Um, but when I started getting into Twitter, the fun for me was that it's a it's an ever uh, present conversation that's happening, right? And so. The idea of tweeting more puts me in the realm of sort of, sort of being a thought starter, which is a lot more a lot more responsibility and a lot more pressure than just being able to respond to people. And I think that's that to me is the fun of Twitter is that when someone puts an idea out there that I agree with, I can just instantly start a conversation. And you guys probably don't look at my my responses that much, but I'm, I look at them always. I, Nick. always the things I know that you don't know I know. Oh, I know. Tim, I know you know. Tim has intimate details about aspect of my life. Um. But I love that. I love that back and forth exchange when someone's like, oh, man, I didn't think you'd answer. And I'm like, yeah, but this. And then they're like – and then it's just like after that first answer, they just – they talk. Like, All right, cool. We're yeah, just talking yeah, yeah. and it's going back and forth. And I'm like, this is – especially about movies. And everyone's like, what did you think of this? I'm like, I don't know. And then my wife's like, put your goddamn phone down. Yeah. I'm like, but you don't understand. We're talking about Hunt for October. Like, come on. Come on. I can't, I can't bow out now. Yeah. Like, this guy's wrong or this guy's right or whatever. Um. So, yeah, I mean – and also often like I see people that are like – you know, have a ton of followers, and they put that thing out there, and I'm like, oh man, that's not, that's not funny. Like, what? You're just, you're just tweeting for the sake of tweeting now at this point. Like, and I just don't want to be that guy. Yeah, I gotta say something. Yeah. Well, some people don't tweet, and I, don't, no, I, I, I feel like some people just don't say anything. You know, like they say so much, but they don't say anything. Those are boring people to follow. The reason that I, I hope my Twitter account personally is entertaining to some people is that I just kind of just say things about a lot of different things some people just like making jokes some people just mm-hmm. like talking about one thing only some people get mad at me like stick to games I'm like nah i'm good um <laughs> but it's funny how something so the the one thing about twitter that's strange to me is that a missing letter or a typo can mean everything oh. the example of this is that a gentleman that listens to our shows the other day i was watching hockey and i was like the islanders one i was like fuck yeah and uh, he said something. He said, "No, you need to." Un- he said, "No, you need to watch the Pittsburgh game and hope that they lose against San Jose." So he meant now. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, and I tweeted him back, and I'm like, I know what I'm supposed to pay attention to, but thanks for letting me know with a smiley face. And he's like, "I'm sorry, I meant now." And you're like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Oh, you're on my side." You're so you're just this. being nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so you were, used to the internet being I mean. thought you were being an asshole and you were just coming to yeah. my side. And I this. felt really bad about that. I was like, I kind of, maybe I should have read that differently. But he, he did make a typo. But it's just like also avoiding the negative or mm-hmm. just block. I just block people. Sometimes I block people that are mean to my friends. So I don't have to ever deal with mm-hmm. them in the future. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, that also makes things a little a little nicer mm-hmm. for me. But I do really feel that like kind of funny is growing in social media so rapidly. Like kind of funny has thirty two thousand something Twitter followers mm-hmm. now, and goes up a lot every day. And uh, I think it's just because we engage. Yeah. And I think that that's the maybe it's ironic that people just kind of put things out there, but don't. But it's actually not engaging at all. Yeah. And maybe that engagement is the the, the secret recipe, the secret ingredient that we're missing mm-hmm. as a people on Twitter. Um, do you guys follow Kumail Nanjani? Yep. He is, he amongst all the comedians that I follow is specifically funny. He had a great con- a tweet about that a few days ago where it was like, it, I'm going to slaughter this joke, but he said something to the extent of like, when I was a, when I was eight years old, I saw a basket of kittens get run over by a car and that sorrow can't even compare to what it's like when you release a tweet with a typo. 
And it was holy. I was like, oh my god, that's so funny. Because you do. You it do is have that. You're like, oh yeah, shit, you can't take it back. You can't take it back. No, you, can't. Especially, you, you can delete it, but you people can't are going to see it. Back, they right. know. But you got assholes like Tim who are like, ah, <laughs> take a Every single that. time, every like, time. Sean Finnegan fucks up on his tweet, which is every single time, time Sean Finnegan tweets, I'm there. Because he tries to use big words and like I will imperceptible. Screen cap it, and I will reply like, to his the word corrected tweet. To Sean's credit, there was one tweet he had. I think it was about, I don't remember the word, it was about Interstellar, where I'm like, this. Sean, I love you. This doesn't make any sense. No, he said. <laughs> yeah, his, that, tweet about, that tweet was hilarious. He just what was the, the word? I, what he was the, the word? word. I, yeah, I was like, this doesn't, make, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But then I look, I, like, I've tweeted things out. I remember one one time, like a few times where I meant to tweet to someone and I tweeted out to everyone on mistake. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no context there and everyone gets mad at you. I also often wonder if my tone comes through with tweets because it's the same as text messages, right? Where I'm very sarcastic and I have a very – like the way I type is the way I think, which never really translates over. So people must just think I'm completely fucking crazy. Well, I love it when I'll be, you know, sarcastic or joking back to somebody in a tweet and then they get all offended. And I'm like, how have you been – how are you this far put a smiley gone face as a Greg it. Miller fan to not understand me telling you to fuck off isn't is in a term of endearment? Although we I would just mute you and never see you again. Although to, to that person's credit, we have talked in the past about – you, you sometimes going overboard with with your aggro, you know, like where like where where what like where you're. What's a good example? I'm trying to think of an example we can actually talk about. Every time he responds to me, you can just check. I mean, there yeah. there's definitely times like, and I, I know you well. Where I'm not sure if you're fucking around. No, then, always, what always screwing around, always. I mean, well, it's always it's you and still, me. Yeah. Okay. Fuck that. Stop talking. I'm talking about Twitter. I'm talking about Twitter. Oh, okay. Not about, oh, okay. Not, okay. Well, Twitter's different. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about not to, not to a per, even a person on the street if they were like. Like hey, the driver, go Kansas, and I was like, "Yeah, hey, fuck you!" Like, I, I, I okay, wouldn't well, be like, what? "Oh, that is not the reaction I expected from." No, Greg that's Miller. I've seen that <gasps> noted some, Missouri. I've fan. seen it sometimes when when I'll tweet something and you'll you'll be sarcastic in oh. response, and people will come to my defense, and I'm like, "No, no, no, Greg's just screwing around." Yeah, yeah, there is around. there is a conspiracy theory, a prevalent one that has become less prevalent as time has gone on. But has been was prevalent as of a few months ago that you two don't like each other. Oh yeah, and 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 the, and the, the big and the bigger like and the bigger theory is that Greg is mean to you, and the bigger theory than the that is Greg is, is mean to everyone. The meaner the, the, the meaner none of these things are true. The more I want, <laughs> the more I want him to like me, and that's what's sad. It's a little bit no. of a codependent relationship. That, I remember when that popped point. up. I made it. I made. I, it's hard because I'm just a sarcastic jerk. But I mean, like I've I've tried to dial it back on Nick. There well, were times where there, I understand not. why that popped up in shows. There were times where I'm just like, shut up. But I'm in, I'm like, just, he's, you know how Nick is. He just leaves the net open and you just fucking take Oh, no, but that, it, it, there's a difference between what you're seeing here and what you're seeing, even when we sit at the kitchen table, right? Which is a nice, easy go so back. So not and this forth. table. Not this that table. table. That table. Where we have all, after what, this is the 70th podcast we've done together? Yeah. Settled into those roles. We have a nice groove. Where I know, maybe it's subconscious, maybe it's not, maybe it's a conscious decision sometimes, that I'm going to say that thing that's going to set one of these guys off. Yeah, I'm, I'm acting stupid on purpose, for, that for sure. Just because we know each other so well, and it's mm-hmm. for the entertainment of whoever's watching. And I don't mind taking a beating every once in a while, because that's, that's sports, right? Shadow boxing. That is sports. And that's I, sports I, entertainment, right? And sometimes yeah. being conscious yeah. about the way that you're not being right, or you're not, like, I, I, had a, I had an example with Nick the other day where I was just like, Nick just came in to do the show with me, and I was just like, mean to him for no reason. And then, and I'm like, I don't even know why I'm being mean to you. Yeah, I'm funny. You know, like, I'm sorry. You know, like, I'm just in a bad mood today. And I think it happens when you become more comfortable with a person. Yeah. You're comfortable. Yeah. It's it's not, a, you see that relationship where, you, like, you would yeah. talk to someone and, like, that you're close with in a way that you would never talk to someone that you didn't know. Yeah. And it just so happens that you're talking to that person really badly. But it, it, it's actually a, a, a sign of comfort as fucked yeah, up as that is. Yeah, you let your guard down. Yeah. Um, I also want to just quickly go back to something that just happened.
happened that you guys didn't notice that Greg's idea of shadow boxing is uh, blocking bullets <laughs> as Batman. No, this is. When was... Batman blocked bullets in the 1989. Was... <laughs> no, I'm getting my hands up to block punches. That's good. That's good. No, that's how you do it. Shadow. Are you going to buy Are you going to boxing, everybody? Are you going to throw any defense? Mm. Are you going to throw any defense? Are you going to throw any punches? Well, not like because I don't have that much r- r- motion. Here. Now you guys see that. What's crazy is you're yeah, everything. Dumb. Everything you're doing is oddly reminiscent of a Batman movie. So you just did the Christian Bale Batman, which is actually a defense against blows. That yeah, a lot of people doing fighting because you can't you can't do this shit all the time. That's not really going to work. So there's this that you know. But then yeah. there's just blocking bullets. I also, use my awesome. my. Just run with the axe. <laughs> I just remember that. I remember I took I took Kempo Taekwondo for like two mm-hmm. years when I was a kid, and that's the only thing I remember is that like I was only I think I only got the yellow belt, but they there was like kids that were older, and they used to do like these crazy, like fucking Street Fighter blocks, and I was always like really <laughs> really interested in it. When I got when I had my white belt, and I got my yellow tip on my white belt, mm-hmm. which was like a really big step for me. Uh, I did a roundhouse kick in my my sparring match for my, my belt and they were really impressed with me I thought they were going to give me the yellow belt right off but they didn't <laughs> and then my dad brought awesome. me to we're 7-Eleven a black. Got, my dad gave, brought me to 7-Eleven got me a glazed donut to calm me down oh that's great <laughs> calm you down yeah. were you upset by not getting yeah, it yeah I was pretty bumped yeah. uh, I was happy later did the donut turn it around yeah okay yeah as donuts often do yeah. I yeah. loved that I went up to I think I got purple belt in Kempo and I was like this is just the best. This is, and then I quit because this is too hard. After, after purple belt, now I gotta really try. I gotta be in shape. I just wanted to be a ninja turtle. That was the thing. That was the thing that got me into it because this was like 1990, 1991, mm-hmm. where they had like they had size and a bow staff and like swords and shit like mm-hmm. on the wall. And I'm like, when do One I get day. to use that shit? And they're like, One when you are day. a brown or black belt, you can use those weapons. And I'm like, well, that's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I thought at the time that, I was, and then I was like, maybe I'll just be Casey Jones instead. There you go. So yeah, I got just a little bit of training. There you yeah. go. Perfect. I forget who they. Somebody today was telling, uh, tweeted at us that you should you should now care about three Fla- ninjas, Flash or the Arrow. I forget because one of the people from that show is now going to be Casey Jones in the Ninja Turtles. Mm. I don't remember who. One of my favorite fictional characters. Also, Love while we were him. doing this show, I was checking in on the Instagrams. Uh, it's uh, the Batman vs Superman trailer is coming with Mad Max. No shit, that's awesome. So go All the more reason to movie. see Mad Max. Yeah. Oh, I know Mad Max gonna be terrible. Uh, Have you seen a Mad Max film? No, I'm like the rest of the country. Man, I, I really. The, it was funny because we were watching the Mad Max trailer today. I love Mad Max, and and Greg has no concept or like context for like what they're doing in that movie, I, I and no context for the fact that Borderlands, which is a, show, which is a, a game he loves, is like fucking is Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, Borderlands is funnier than Mad Max. Mad Max, uh, Mad is, Max is not funny. Thank it's you. There's very little that's funny about it. Not intentionally. It is really twisted. Tina Turner's in Mad Max Beyond three, right? The third one, yeah. That's a weird one. Great happening. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, amazing. that's another episode of the Game Over Greggy Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, each and every week, four, sometimes five, best friends gather on this table. Each bringing a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can support us over at patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Give us some dollars. If you don't think we're worth those dollars, no big deal. We don't either. You can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny and get the show broken up topic by topic, day by day before we... Kevin, don't hit that button. Kevin! Get your finger away from the button, Kevin. It's not It's not a dead body. Get your fingers away from it. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Post it all for free on YouTube.com. So kind of funny. And iTunes and other podcast services around the globe. It's good to be back. Glad it was short-lived. Colin, <laughs> enjoy Iceland. Thank you. I will. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. I don't like dead bodies. You love dead bodies. <laughs>